<laughs> All right. Welcome Hello and welcome, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Holler Podcast, episode five. My name is Stephen Borbell. I'm the driver of the number two Ford Mustang for Next Level Motorsports. I am joined by Richard Wolsifer to my right. Richard, go ahead and introduce yourself. Wow, I get to go first this time? About time I beat Carl in something. Hey, guys. <laughs> Richard Wolfsford, driver of the 56 stints built Chevrolet for Limitless Esports. Thank you, Richard. And to my left, I have Carl. Carl? Yeah, guys, uh, this is Carl Pooler, uh, driver of the number 71 uh, Limitless Esports Camaro out there on the track, you see. And, Richard, you got lucky. Let's all be honest here. <laughs> Oh, wait, that's twice in one week I could go before you because I beat you Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We'll see if that continues. And uh, our special guest this week below Carl uh, is Ronnie Norman. Ronnie is a uh, driver in our league. He's currently second in the points. Um, He has two race wins this year, so we're excited to have him on. Ronnie, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Ronnie Norman, uh, driver of the number 32 NOS Energy Drink uh, Toyota Camry for uh, Full Send Esports. Awesome. Thank you. We're excited to have you on and, and bring a, a fresh perspective. I know so far we have only had people that I've at least known for a little bit in time um, and that I already know some things about. And I know Richard and Carl also do. So it's going to be nice getting to uh, know you a little bit more. What's that look? Yeah, like? no, I'm, I'm excited for it for sure. Yeah, it's good to have a new face on the podcast. Definitely. Uh, Carl's and Richard's can get uh, pretty sore to look at sometimes. But um, hey. <laughs> Not my fault. My mom made an ugly baby. Hey, uh, you can talk to your mom about that. <laughs> hey, my wife loves me, and that's all that matters. Okay. <laughs> Got a face only a wife could love. But... Damn. <laughs> I would say it's a voice only for radio, but here we are live streaming with. Oh, Facebook, see, that's, so, where, I mean... that's where we went wrong. Right <laughs> that's where we went wrong. <laughs> well, I do want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, uh, Butt Kicker, the leader in haptics, Sundance Pizza, the best pizza in Arizona and the southwest of the United States, uh, Ideal Lease, and TriVista as well. And just a reminder that a new episode of the Holler Podcast can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcast every Friday. Um, the live stream is Thursday nights, and it will be on those platforms on Friday. Um, for up-to-date news and information on the Butt Kicker Cup Series, please be sure to like our page on Facebook and visit www.brbracingleague.com. And that can also be seen on our uh, our screen here. Um, but I guess we'll go ahead and jump right into it. Last week's race... Uh, last week we were at Kern County Raceway, which is not a Cup Series track, um, which I know was a struggle for some people. Uh, for the Adopt a Dog 225, I'll go ahead and first pull up our results, and not a big surprise again. Uh, <laughs> Gavin Rogers comes comes away with the win. Uh, he ended up leading 124 of the two 225 laps uh, for his third straight win and his fifth of the season. Um, I don't want to jinx anything, but he has been putting together one of the most dominating seasons that I've ever seen in league racing. Um, that's not to discredit anyone else. However, he's been very consistent, especially as of late. Ever since Daytona, he has, uh, I guess, taken it to heart and really stepped up his game. But I guess, Ronnie, since you're our guest, I'll start with you and your first gut reaction from that race. Uh First gut reaction was uh, I probably should have put a little bit more practice in. <laughs> I just kind of kind of winged it, came in there, and uh, used basically the whole race to figure out how to be as fast as you three up front. Um, like I said, that uh, that little scene there coming out of two and four was playing games with everybody all night. And uh, it just 
you just want to put the, the power down so quick on them corners mm-hmm. that you just need to learn that later on in the run you can do it. And so when you get these long runs and you're so used to just flooring it out of the corners when you finally can, and then you get these fresh tires on these restarts, it just it causes a hectic for everybody. And um, it, it got a lot of us uh, in the race on Tuesday night. So um, it was it was fun once I learned how to drive it and uh, <laughs> learned how to stay up front with you guys. But uh, it took a little bit. And, uh, yeah, no, like I said, I was able to pull off a second place. Um Shout out Pat Adam on the last lap. I don't know if he let me buy or if I Oh, man, he was there. upset about it. I tell you what. Uh, hey, you know what? You just brought back his only third curse, so it's fine. <laughs> I just I – was, I was trying so hard to run him down. And even, like he even said in that in his post-race, like those lap cars definitely helped me get to him. And uh, I just – I tried doing a different line going into the corners. He was kind of like arcing it down, and I was kind of like diving it down in there and trying to slow it down as much as I could, so – uh, somehow I was able to get the drive off of four, coming to the white flag, just threw her into one. He let me go, and I guess the rest is history on that one. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, it was a great, uh, a great. I guess I know you started in the back of the pack around twelfth or so. I don't know the exact number. Um, yeah, twelfth. But and then seeing you progress and, and seeing you learn the track basically, because I remember I heard you say um, that you downloaded the track about fifteen minutes before the race started or so. <laughs> And uh, in, yeah. in seeing you in in real time learn the track and start excelling at it uh, that quickly was really impressive to see. So well, I got a little uh, I got a little brave there on a restart. I think I started it outside fourth row, and I was in the second lane, and I just flew. I don't know if I I think I, I, think I came across your nose. Was it when Possibly. I spun? I don't remember who it was, but uh, I, no. I just got back into the throttle and spun myself out and uh yeah it was uh one of those like all right we need to back her down here and uh figure a little bit out before we uh start doing that some more yeah i couldn't agree uh richard you uh you already said how excited you were to beat uh carl pooler so i'll I'll get your your take on uh on this week's race this past week's race uh it was a tough track it it really was it's um i'm not great at short tracks um I think the only one that I've ever really accidentally excelled at was Martinsville. But this one it was it was really, really hard to learn. Um, like Ronnie was saying, like just you want that you want to be able to just put the power down and it just this track would not let you. It would not let you. You pretty much had to make sure that car was straight and you had to slowly get back into that gas. And I mean once and it was crazy because the tire wear really wasn't an issue, it was the tire temps. It's like once those tires warmed up, the car kind of got a little bit more grip, and then it got tight. Um, but, I mean, once the car got tight and everybody got tires warmed up, like, people, for the most part, kept it a lot more straight. It was, you know, once we had cooler tires, that's where all the chaos kind of started. Um, and I, I could say I I didn't beat Carl because I did better than him. I think Carl had a late race incident that let me buy him. Um, but I mean, I still, I finished where I've been pretty much finishing every race that I've been at and that's around the eighth position. So, uh, I still feel I could have done a lot better. Yeah. Consistency. That's a good thing, I guess. But, uh, I'm not, I'm not totally upset with the finish. Um, I do feel I could have done better. I just, I'm still learning a lot of these tracks and I'm still trying to learn. I've finally learned how to find speed. Now I'm trying to learn how to save tires to con like, stretch that speed further um so my risk taking has dropped because of that 
So I'm not really taking the risks that a lot of the drivers in the race were taking because, um, I mean, we had drivers like Patrick Hernandez and uh, Brandon Maddox, man, they were diving into those turns and it was it was nutty to watch. Um, but I, I I have learned not to take those kind of risks anymore because I'm trying to learn more consistency and tire saving strategies. So it was it was definitely a rough track to learn. Um, so I I don't know what I could have done better. Um, but I mean, onward to the next track, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you brought up some good points of of just focusing on that consistency. I think is the hardest part of uh, sim racing in general, of working on saving those tires. Um, is a very long process. I feel like I've been trying to learn that for the past three years and still have no clue what I'm doing half the time. <laughs> But. It's like Gavin, man. We watch him on some of these tracks, and I just I don't understand how this guy can throw the laps that he's putting and still have tires left over to still beat us mm -hmm. 40, 50, 60 laps into these runs. I just I I want to learn that side of it and how the heck he can do that because I have no idea. It's either I'm fast and I destroy my tires in 15 laps or I'm conservative and I still don't have speed to catch him. So... <laughs> You got that perfectly right. I, I don't understand how he does it sometimes, and he, he tries to explain it, and it, it doesn't make sense, I think, half the time. Um, but he's really good at trying different lines um, at different times and just knows when a certain line is beneficial and might save him a little extra tire or whatnot. But, Carl, we'll go ahead and go on to you, um, rounding us out, finishing 11th this week. I know I saw you have a, little, a couple of incidents um, here and there, so it probably wasn't your cleanest race. Uh, take us through it. Oh, man. These last two weeks, I've kind of <laughs> run out of my the luck I've been kind of coasting on. Um, qualified halfway decent. I didn't mind my qualifying effort, but uh, the regular thing was this is a different kind of racetrack, and you couldn't just approach it um, like a normal racetrack. There's a lot of comparisons to, like, Dover, Richmond, a little bit of uh, Martinsville thrown into there, so it's, it was definitely a weird track. But um, the first stage, I had a couple, I had an issue, went a couple laps down, was able to come back for that, missed out on stage one points, finished fourth in stage two, which I was really proud of. Uh, I was finally getting the rhythm of the track and doing really well. And uh, coming out of four, a little after the stage two break, and next thing I know, there's cars in front of me, and I know where to go, and that pretty much sealed my fate. I already used my fast repair, and uh, was pretty much hoping on cautions for repairs, and they just never came towards the end. So it was another really tough night for me. Um, we talked about that uh, bubble last week. We think we keep talking about it, and just... Um, Nights like that, you're glad you have it, but you know you can't keep having nights like that because that bubble disappears super quick. So I'm definitely keeping an eye on that as we go forward next week into Eldora. Yep, and, and you brought up a good point of looking for that caution late race um, and basically trying to, not not just you, but I know others around me especially were, were trying to time that caution to get the fresh mm -hmm. tires and, and so on and so forth. I know I ended up getting caught on the uh, the oldest tires out there because I pit right on the line um, of making it to the end of the race. Uh, and I, I was just hoping for that one more caution as well. Um, I, I don't know how people were saving their tires, bringing back the saving tires things again um, so well because that last run we had, I could not for the life of me, after 10 laps we were green, I could not do anything. I just kept falling and falling. Um, and going into the race, I, I, I've driven at Kern 
maybe 50 laps before coming into this week. Um, and I felt like I had speed and, and comparing my times to Gavin and Adam this week, I, I had some hope um, that I could put, potentially put up with Gavin and, and compete with Adam as well. Um, but in the long runs, again, Gavin just comes through and, and finds a way to save those tires. And Well, and the jump on that, like Adam was really confident going into this race because of all the practice that we put in, the practice race also, like Adam was doing extremely well. Like he was, he was beating Gavin. Like he was putting better laps in than Gavin. Like even overall, and it just it, when it came to the race, even Adam said after the race, he's like, "I just, I thought I had a chance." And there's mm -hmm. just something with Gavin that just can pick up these tracks unnaturally quick. Like I said, I've I've said it before to you guys. Like I feel Gavin could really make a like a legit run in Road to Pro to make e NASCAR. I really think he could. Um, I just wish someone with his kind of skill had the time to be able to put in to be able to chase that. I, I couldn't agree more with you there. Um, and even Ronnie, I'd, I'd put you up in that same category running with him. Um, sometimes y'all just have some ungodly amount of speed um, and long run ability, especially I feel like is key for that next step um, into to iRacing, semi-professionally, professionally, whatever the case may be. And it, it's something that's insane to see week in and week out, especially I understand coming into it, to be honest, since I didn't really know you in the back uh, background at Daytona, you got your win. I was like, Hey, anyone can win at Daytona. I still have no idea what this guy's about. And coming back the next week and you took Bristol and, and, and showed your dominance there. Uh, I think that took me, took, took me a step back basically. And it's like, all right, you're right up there with Gavin. And I already think so highly of Gavin. I mean, I can only imagine where you're going to, you're going to take this league. But. I appreciate it, man. I just, I mean, even coming in here, not even knowing what everybody's, what their skill level is or who can do what, but um, after uh, getting into Gavin at Daytona and winning, uh, <laughs> you know, who knew that that, what that was going to turn out to be there. So, like I said, I felt bad there. And then after that, just learning that, like, who he is as a driver and in his league. And now, you know, he's won three in a row, I think, and sweeping all the stages. Like, oh, well, I'm glad I got that Daytona win then and uh, all that fun stuff. But, um, yeah, no, it's just the whole tire saving. It's even back in the day when they had the, the tire update on iRacing. I don't remember how many years ago it was. But it was like having to learn a whole new sim again when they did it. And so, for me, I had a break for a little bit, and I got back into iRacing. And I had to I had to relearn everything. I had to relearn how to how to run, how to save tires, where the lines were. So even though I'd been on iRacing for so long, I I was like a brand new guy. I felt like a rookie trying to figure out how to run with these guys. And I was even scared. To, like my I rating was so high, I was running top splits. But I didn't even want to run top splits because I knew I wasn't going to be up front. So um, don't really do a lot of uh, I want to say official racing. I'm mostly just a just a league racer now. And um, I just I have a lot more fun running with, with the same people that I know every week. I know I'm learning how they drive, what they do, and and you kind of know going in who you have to watch out for. So, <laughs> without, yeah, which, without saying Richard's name. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. But yeah, no, like I said, it's just that that tire saving. It's just I go in I go into every race with the same mentality. Um, it's just learning how to back up your corners and, and even with some of these fast races, you got, uh, Gavin where I think it was, uh, Dover me. I just have this mentality of like going into races when I know I got to try to out tire, save him in general. I can barely do it. Um, but 
like he he backs up like he'll go back to like eighth place and uh-huh. just save all that he can and i'll just get out to a lead and i'll get around him i just want him in, i just want him in my mirror and then like once i get out to a lead i'll just try to save as much as i can and even it still isn't even enough so um yeah no it's just it's just trying to figure it out and uh i think the only the only one i was able to do it was bristol so i gotta, gotta get some notes and try to figure some more stuff out so yeah no it's, it's not easy and the good thing is we got a lot left in the season, so uh, hopefully you and some other people can figure out how to uh, dethrone him, uh, at least in these next couple of races. I know he's not going to be here this next uh, week, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but it'll definitely be exciting to see uh, some new faces get up front. But I just wanted to go over uh, a couple highlights from the race, or highlights, I mean just high points of the race. Um, we did end up having 11 cautions for incident which I believe is a season high for us, unfortunately. Um, but we did mention of the self-spins were a real concern, um, especially early. I think we had three cautions within the first 10, 15 laps. Um, and coming into that, we kind of expected that. Uh, an interesting stat I didn't consider uh, at the time of the race, but I, I just want to give a little team love real quick. Uh, Next Level Motorsports ended up leading every lap of this race. Uh, Gavin with 124, Adam 81, and myself with 20. Um, so, cares quick about little shout out. <laughs> <laughs> little uh, Ronnie joke there I got to bring in. <laughs> yes, Ronnie again broke up the the next level the... one, two, three, or at least the next level one, two, um, as it had been at least the past couple of weeks. Um, and then I just wanted to also give a quick shout out to Patrick Hernandez this week and Dustin Stallings. Um, but especially Patrick Hernandez of how frustrated he was getting uh, mm-hmm. early in the race for incidents, whether it was his fault or not, he was getting caught up in stuff and, and getting really frustrated with himself and just everything around him to battle back and finish fifth. Um, he he was knocking on my bumper the last 10 laps of the race and I was trying everything to not let him pass me, but he was quick and uh, he, he's really shown some steps, uh, at least to me, that he is a real contender here. Um, and Dustin Stallings as well, putting in another great run, uh, finishing sixth. So quick shout out to both of them. Yeah. I mean, Patrick, Patrick was doing phenomenal. He had some really, really good speed. I think his, and, um, not to speak ill of it at all, but like every, every driver goes through that moment, those moments, you know, I think his biggest worst enemy that race was himself. Um, I think a lot of the spins or the wrecks he kept getting into, it just, it got to his head. Um, I feel if he would have kept his head straight, I mean, every, I know everybody gets frustrated getting into wrecks. I mean, I hell my first two, my first mm-hmm. two seasons in any leagues I was running, I was constantly wrecking and getting just, you know, just beat down. I was just getting beat down. Just like, man, am I really doing the right thing? Like, what am I doing wrong? Um, but no, I, I think Patrick, if he can, if he can just like, uh, learn, learn from these spins or these mistakes that he ma- makes instead of just getting in his head. He, he can be a really, really big contender, especially, you know, come season two. I mm-hmm. think he's going to be definitely one of those top top ten contenders every week when season two rolls around. Couldn't agree more. But does anyone else have anything they want to go over about this week's race before we get into, or this past week's race before we get into the, our uh, meatball of the week? Can we never go back there again? <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I won't say too much, but it's been in the discussions that I, I don't, foresee us ever going back there again unless cup somehow goes there um i guess in our head initially it had a lot more potential than it it turned out to be um and it might not be the short track that we want to see in the future but 
we'll see. We'll have some exciting things coming for next season, and those announcements will be coming in time. But, well, with that, we'll move on to our meatball of the week. Um, And, Ronnie, since you're a guest, I will put you right on the hot seat of who is your meatball of the week. Well, I took some notes because I've been watching past episodes, and I knew the guest usually picks first. So, uh, luckily, I'm able to get this one out. But uh, my meatball of the week is going to have to be Rev dropping out (laughs) mid-race and not having to race control and having to throw a caution. So, I figured that was the easiest one to pick because I don't really know anything else that really happened that race. So, uh, I had to make it hard on everybody else in here. I I love that pick. But uh, kind of stole mine there, damn it. Yeah, I'm sure that was probably everyone's. But, Carl, do you have a different one? Oh, man. Besides, you know, me being my own worst enemy again, <laughs> um, it, it, it's it's really hard to, you know, to pick one out at, at a track like Kern in the race we had. Carl, um, are you going to be your own pick two weeks in a row? You know what? <laughs> it's either that. It's either that or we have to... Um, uh, pick on Adam a little bit, Bossman. There, he uh, had to throw that caution because of Rev dropping out, and so with all the chaos and stuff, uh, Adam decided to throw the yellow and let everyone kind of gather themselves. But I mean, that's that's just kind of like an event that happened. It's not necessarily one of those things that it was a mistake. It's just kind of those things that interrupted the flow of the race, and I mean, it had to happen because people were going laps down, and we were having a lot of issues with the uh, logistics of it. But other than that, I think uh, if I if not myself, I'm going to go pick on Adam a little bit. Fair enough. And, uh, Richard, you have any different one? Uh, man, there was a lot going on back there in the back. I can tell you <laughs> that. Um, a lot. Uh, I, I can't say I would give Adam the meatball because I think Adam, as an admin and as a manager of the, the league, I think he did a phenomenal job mm-hmm. handling that situation. Um, because you know, like like we do in this league, we have the choose the choose uh, choose rule. So once we cross the start finish line, we get to choose outside or inside for the restart, and that causes black flags because I racing hasn't implemented anything like that yet. So if Adam didn't throw that yellow, we were going to have people disqualified. We actually had one dis- get get disqualified mm-hmm. that we had to clear. Uh, poor Zachary King, he got disqualified, and we had to clear that and get. Everything caught back up. So, it, I mean, it was unfortunate what happened with Rev. Uh, but Adam did a phenomenal job with admin reasonings of throwing that caution. It was a necessity out of, you know, mm-hmm. like it uh, disrupted the race. But, mm-hmm. um, and not to pick on him, but I think my meatball would have to be Patrick. And that's just because, you know, like I said, if he could just not let things affect his mental in the middle of the race, I think he's going to do a lot better. And honestly, getting over the mental of your own mistakes or mistakes other people are having, that is hard. It is a lot to work on. It is a lot of self-work that has to happen. Um, And I know, like, and also being in a team, it it helps. Like, Carl, Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times this guy gets pissed off (laughs) in Discord. Oh, my God. If we had a radioactive for Discord, (laughs) holy crap, would you hear Carl blowing up a storm, dude? But I try to keep Carl's head in the race at all times, especially when he, you know, gets into a wreck and he falls back. It's like sometimes you just need that person to be like, hey, it's all right. It's an event that happened. Let's move Mm -hmm. on. Get your head back in the game. Drive, Drive smooth. And I think... Honestly, I think that's just what Patrick needs. I think he needs someone just to be there in the race with him 
So when he's getting just beat down over and over and over and just gets, you know, disheartened about racing, like, hey, it happened. It's under yellow. Let's get caught back up. Reset. Because, and I think the best way to, um, I think the best comparison actually was, I think it was this past year, uh, Kyle Larson at the Coke 600. He spun out, what, like three Mm. times in the first 200 laps. He had the most pit penalties out of the entire field in the first 200 laps of that race and he just kept saying he's like you know he kept telling his crew chief like hey i'm i'm terrible tonight i'm sorry guys i'm the one failing us and his crew chief was like hey here's what's going to happen halfway through the race you're going to come in we're going to get you new tires get you some setup changes and you're going to be a new person you're going to be a new driver it's a new race get out there let's fix what we messed up and i think if patrick had someone like that racing alongside him to calm him down over these situations that he has, I think he's going to do way better in the races in the future. But this week, I think it's just because um, his mental was just messed up and he just couldn't get back his head back in the game. I'm going to have to say Patrick for the mute. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm going to go with iRacing as my meatball of the week. <laughs> so... The only reason I say that is because there was a netcode issue between Gavin and I, which ended up putting me in the wall. Um, coming out of two, somewhere in the middle of the second stage, um, got netcode, and it flung me into the, the outside wall. And apparently I had required uh, repairs that I didn't realize until I was already in pit road and pitting um, that I had to take. And then just trying to come back from that was... Uh, Unfortunate, let's just say. Um, <laughs> so iRacing needs to get that net code fixed right now. Otherwise, right I'm going to be filing a lawsuit. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> my teammate took me out. Due to net, uh, he didn't I mean, take me out. It, iRacing took me out. They, they knew I was the car to beat. So they wanted to basically go handicap that, yeah. me. Yeah, they wanted to handicap me. That's, that's what I'm going to stay with, but... That will oh, conclude man. the meatball of the week for this week. Um, and now we will I, move on to the standings. So let me have that pulled up. You know, the, the side segment of Steven's Delusions. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so oh, the standings man. are as follows. We have Gavin Rogers uh, in first, Ronnie Norman in second, myself in third, Adam Buzio fourth, Carl Pooler fifth, Evan Patinko, 6th, Jared Hughes, 7th, Richard Wolsifer, 8th, Patrick Hernandez, ninth, Christopher Campbell, 10th, Zachary King, 11th, and 12th, Dustin Stallings, Matthew Erickson in 13th, Jeremy Clapper Newell in 14th, and Brendan Maddox in 15th. That is your current top 15. Um, we'll start off with uh, Carl. You are still in 5th. Uh, you didn't drop due to uh, your... So-so race, we'll call it. Um, You still have a 103-point gap over 11th, but now you're 35 points behind Adam. Yeah, um, it's it's not comfortable, I'll tell you that much. You know, being... You know, I like how uh, Richard brought me up at being um, kind of not safe for work on the Discord radio. Uh, Atlanta really threw me off my groove. Uh, my groove. I did really well in the stages and then couldn't finish it. 
Uh, this one, I struggled in the middle, had a, or struggled in the beginning, had a good middle, had a rough end. I, I, I really am my own worst enemy. And so if I can fix my own mistakes, stop making those mistakes, I, I could probably find myself up there, you know, regularly for the top five. But it's, it's those mistakes that really define... Uh, a season overall, especially, yeah, we have the chase that kind of resets everything, but that's where you actually have to be on every race. And if I'm still making these mistakes, fifth or not, the mistakes happen, I need to clean it up. So um, I feel like I could probably be up there between the third and fourth area, but these really, these bad mistakes, especially these last couple of weeks, uh, I've hurt those points chances. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure you'll get chances, though, to get them back. I mean, you're, you've got to be feeling pretty good still, well ahead of Richard, so... Ain't got nothing to worry about in the team camp. but That's uh, true. You know, I show up for every race, so that helps. That, that is half the battle, if not 90% of it. <laughs> but So, as like I said, uh, Gavin ended up growing his points lead uh, over you, Ronnie. Um, after having a ne- another near-perfect points day, Gavin now leads you by 59 points. Um, however, you've been running great races, uh, second at Coda, or sorry, second at Kern and third at Coda. Um, so it's not to your own doing, it's to, unfortunately, Gavin being almost perfect, at least these past three weeks. Um, how do you feel being 59 behind Gavin? Um, you still have a nice buffer to me. I think you're 33 points ahead of me. So how are you feeling in your position? Well, luckily with him missing next week, it'll kind of tighten the gap a little bit more. So he's kind of rigged though with these heat races, only getting five bonus points on here, just stages. <laughs> so I don't know what that's all about, so... Um, but no, it's all fun and games. So, uh, I seen that was posted on there. I was like, wow, so we're doing this for one race. Huh? Okay. Let's do this. So, uh, in, in defense, Ronnie, I was the one that made that decision. So I thought that was the easiest, most, uh, fair way to do it. If, if anything it goes was, wrong, it was this not week, a Ronnie. shot in the foot. Make Ronnie get further behind. I was like, that wasn't it. It's like, all right, Gavin's you know, out this week. We can't let Ronnie catch Gavin. Right. If, if, if anything goes wrong this wrong this week, everything's blamed on Richard. He, yes. He's he's kind 100%. of the brainchild behind this. It's all Richard's fault this week. Yep. He is he is the dirt guy, but <laughs> you, you you definitely do have a chance to put a sizable uh, dent in that fifty nine point deficit. Um, I don't know what the with that points format that we're running this week, what the perfect race points could be. I would I would assume it's in the fifties still. No. Mm, five points for stage, forty points five for the win. Plus, plus, yeah, bonus point for the win. It, it'll be it'll Pole. be sub fifty, but it'll be close to fifty. Okay. So Pole, you can get within uh, around ten sled. points. Um, yeah, yeah, perfect yeah. Round, So, but uh, and then Richard, you are still in eighth. Um, I sorry, I said that so monotone and. And disappointed. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not disappointed by any means in you, Richard. <laughs> but you do have a 71 point gap over 11th Zachary King. Um, so you continue to keep growing that gap, which is good to see. And I know of you. You really enjoy dirt tracks, or, or at least dirt racing. How about that? Um, you are a big proponent of Eldora. Um, I know personally, so I'm excited to see uh, if you can start catching some people in front of you. So oh, man, we'll we'll definitely see. Like I said, I ran for about 35, 40 minutes in the practice session we have up right now, and uh, I mean Jared Hughes is going to be right now from my looking. Jared Hughes might be the one to beat. He's been in the little bit of time I was in there. He was very consistent with his laps. He was very smooth with the turns. He was doing wonderful. I have 
a lot to work on with this new wheel I have because I did upgrade from Velt Driven to Direct Drive. Um, and I can tell you now, you don't want a lot of force feedback when it comes to dirt. <laughs> that that car's gonna whip your hands around so hard. It's 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 not fun. But um, no, I like I said, I I feel. What's what's the gap between me and like I don't know seventh sixth place I don't I don't even know off the top of my head here. So you are fifteen points behind Jared and Jared is fourteen Evan. points behind Evan. Honestly, okay, Richard, so... you are the only racer to have missed a race in the top eight. So you're. The I know, last... and that's 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 the one thing that I'm upset about so much. Like, obviously, we're not doing this as like our pure job so we all have our regular jobs and i just happen to miss bristol because work you know we got to make that money that fun stuff you know yeah. but <laughs> i feel if i didn't miss bristol i would be up there a little bit more i'm comfortable with i have a feeling i'm going to make the chase i don't i don't feel that's going to be a problem for me um sorry the playoffs but... Oh wait, no, you had it right. I'm sorry. Wow, man, I actually said it right one time, and Borbell was the one correcting the wrong tonight. way. Holy it's cow! Scored. It's Moment. been a long day. That's my fault. I'll, I'll take the blooper there. Jeez, the guy gets a new steering wheel, and now he thinks he's smarter than everybody. <laughs> I mean, I already knew. Ryan is just here, like, come on, guys, get your act together. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really excited for Eldora. Uh, I mean, I really do enjoy the Bristol dirt race in the Cup cars. I know a lot of people don't, but I love dirt track racing now i don't think bristol's a good dirt track at all but it's fun in the cup cars i won't touch bristol with a sprint car i won't touch bristol with a late model and it's mainly because like the cup cars just drive way different than a late model um like you go drive a late model at eldora you will be going way faster than you will be in a cup car it is a different beast um so it's just the cup cars on dirt right now because they don't have a dirt tire model on them they just drive like they're on ice. So it is a very slick feel. Um, but no, I'm, I'm excited for Eldora. I'm hoping to probably have one of my best performances there, uh, mainly because, you know, like you said, I'm more of a dirt guy. So, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. As long as people put practice in, uh, you know, that could completely shatter my dreams of having a good finish. So <laughs> who knows? And that's a, that's a good segue into next week's race. Um, so next week we are at Eldora Speedway on uh, Tuesday, February 6th at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Sorry, lost my place in my notes. But um, So that is where we are racing next week, our first dirt race. Um, Like you said, you you enjoy the dirt track racing, um, and you are pretty confident, at least so far, until we get word from Gavin that he's going to end up racing, and then he... He puts down a, a lap time that's five seconds faster than everyone else, for all we know. But, um, Carl, what what are your expectations for, for this coming race? You know, um, I'm kind of in the same stable as Richard here. I, I really enjoy I actually grew up with dirt racing here. Uh, there's a dirt track not too far from here. Um, but, again, I agree with him, too, that Bristol isn't a good dirt track. I don't think. It's, it's made to be fast on the asphalt, made to have that grip, and um, I, I've always, even though they announced it, I think it's a cool idea. They need to go to more of these actual dirt tracks. And us going to Eldora, I think, is kind of a classic. Um, 
Eldora's been around for quite some time. They have some really good events there. Uh, Eldora's really wide. It's kind of a short track, but it's a really wide track for how short it is. Um, you can get three, even sometimes four wide, depending on the drivers there. I've, I've seen it, you know, IRL. Um, I, I think I raced there in the trucks uh, a couple of years ago for a league, and actually I think that was my first top five ever in a league. So um, I have a little bit of experience there, but a lot's changed since then. The dirt model, the tire model, uh, the car itself, there's been a lot of changes. So uh, I'll be looking at it as a fresh slate going into there. I'm hoping to recover uh, kind of from the slump I see myself, and I'm really hoping to get some stage points and maybe charge for that uh, podium spot, but only time will tell, and uh, you'll have to tune in next week, 9 p.m. Eastern to check it out oh yeah and uh ronnie we we were talking a little earlier before we uh, went live about about dirt racing and your background or at least of attending dirt racing um however on the sim how, how do you feel going into a dirt race uh, especially in a cup car i'm def definitely excited about it um i just ran a bristol truck race in another league a couple weeks ago it was like 175 laps i think i lit 163 out of it so uh, felt pretty good. <laughs> um, I said, hey, that's trucks, though. That's the truck series. Okay, these are cup cars. I haven't raced cups since Bristol last year in the league. So uh, hopefully I'll be able to get some laps in this weekend. I don't want to go in uh, like I did to Kern. Uh, definitely don't want to do that again. So uh, hopefully I'll be able to run some laps. Um, definitely, like I said, I, I wouldn't call myself a dirt guy. Like I said, I just I go to a lot of dirt races, so I know how it works. And especially I've been to Eldora. Uh, I watched the truck series race. I can't remember how many years ago it was or who won or who it was, but I did go watch trucks race over there one year. So uh, definitely, definitely like Eldora. I mean, it's, it's a multi-group track. You're on the bottom, the middle, the high side. It just kind of depends on where the, uh, the grippy, the grippy stuff's at. Yeah. You know, you don't you want to stay out of the slick. And um, according to Richard, you want to stay away from the wall and the up top too. So um Luckily, he's given out notes already to, to stay away from that. So, we'll uh, we'll just try to see what happens. Get like I said, gotta get some practice in, uh, see what it's like, and uh, hopefully it drives like the truck. But I highly doubt it will. Yeah, it, it will yeah. definitely drive a little bit different. Go ahead, Richard. I, I don't mind giving out notes a little bit here and there. Every now, I mean, yeah, I would love to be able to not give you guys any information and hopefully be able to dominate the race. But I think. You know, making everybody fight for position and putting on a good show is going to be better overall, especially for our viewers and even us to go back and rewatch it. So trust me, I don't mind helping people out and say, hey, stay away from up there. <laughs> so, Ronnie, you mentioned staying away from the slick uh, part of the track. So if someone can explain that a little bit more to me, um, I am a, a, a dirt novice um, at the very least. So in my head... Getting to the slick part of the track and dirt, to me, it makes sense that I'd go faster because um, I wouldn't have to turn in as much or, or something along those lines. Can someone please tell me why I'm wrong? Well, basically, it's just when uh, everybody's running the same line, uh, you're eventually pushing the dirt on the track up, which is where you get the berm later on down later in the night. Um, but it, it basically turns into ice, um, and that's where you're just sliding. You have no grip. Um, you basically want to stay a little bit above the slick when you go into the corner because you just want to always stay right on the edge of where it's just ice and dirt and where you can stay below it to where you just stay below the slick and where all the fresh dirt is at to where you always got the grip to where your tires are always going to catch the dirt rather than the slick stuff. So um, after you know so many laps, uh, it's going to get slicked up and then you're going to have a lot of people 
that if they're not, you know, used to driving on it, like you can drive on it if you know how to do it. You just got to throttle it. But uh, eventually you may have some people that get into it and you may turn it too much. And if you turn it too much in the slick, you're going around. So uh, you just got to be careful with it. But, yeah, no, it's just uh, it's like ice. I mean, I know later on in races, some some guys like when it gets rubbered up or slicked up because then it turns into a one lane race and and then there's no passing. So, but I think that's more or less uh, real life. I don't think iRacing has that aspect yet. So I think there's always a, always going to be some racy stuff going on. But yeah, I don't, as far as I know, stay out of the slick. You, if you can do it and be fast, then, you know, props to you. But uh, I'm going to be trying to find where the nice, clean, wet dirt is at for my tires. <laughs> and the biggest thing also when it comes, when he's talking about the slick is like, you know, when it comes to asphalt versus dirt on iRacing, like, <clears throat> To me, I don't see much of a visual representation of where rubber's laid down on the track. Like, yeah, the track might get a little bit darker in the main line, but on dirt, you will see where the slick part is because these talk cars will put rubber on the dirt. Like, it will actually drop rubber on the dirt, and it becomes a smooth surface. So you will see a literal black line of where all the cars have been running for, you know, the majority of the race, and that's the slick. That's what we're talking about when we say slick. The downside about that also, so let's say that we pretty much ever the entire field's running the outside line and it slicks up the entire outside line. And then everybody starts moving down to the middle. You have to be aware, wary of that because you will see dirt build up back up on top of that slick. And then you get a false sense of driving because, yeah, there's dirt up there on that slick. You don't see the black line as much. But that's loose dirt now. It's not, you know, gummed up dirt. So it's just going to throw that dirt away and you're just sliding on the slick still. So it, the good thing about this setup, and I got to give a shout out to the Team Conti setup shop. Um, they helped us put together the setup for these cars, for this track specifically. Um, but they did give us a good setup that I think that it's not going to be a one lane race. Um, we've been able to put down some fast laps, both bottom, middle, and top. It's just kind of where you're going to be able to make the moves and where you're going to be comfortable driving that car. Well, I appreciate the uh, additional insight, and I'm sure some of our viewers will appreciate that additional insight um, from the both of y'all because, like I said, I, I don't have any experience other than running Bristol Dirt one time in a cup car. Um, dirt doesn't make sense to me. Turn right to go left and whatnot from uh, from Cars the movie, but that's about the extent of dirt racing I know. Um no, it's not about just turning right to go left. Hey. It's you got to turn left to set the car, to turn right, to continue going left. And this is why <laughs> this will probably be the race where I just don't have any fun at all, personally. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, I do want to give a quick shout-out to uh, Simrap Market, who will be sponsoring this, uh, this race. Uh, I, me- I forgot to mention that earlier, um, but wanted to give them a quick shout-out and uh, mention... But anything else y'all have, uh, any keys to the race maybe, or anything else that you'd like to add for next week's race? Well, I do feel like uh, depending on what heat race you're in with the new, you know, with us doing heat races, um, I feel like if you do get lucky and get that second heat race, uh, you get to watch the first heat race. So Mm -hmm. you can see what guys are doing, where the fast line is, where you need to be at. But I'm pretty sure it'll be a clean track, though, with it being, you know, the first heat race of the night. But like, say, some of the guys that – don't really have it figured out yet. You know, you can watch whoever's running up front, watch what they're doing, see where they're running. And then when you go into your heat race as well, you can do the same thing and try to piggyback off of it. Yeah. And you know, for all you that keep up with the league and keep up with the podcast and everything, um, for those that don't know anything, any information about this race yet, 
we are not running the full race in one session. I mean, it is one race session, whatever, but we are going to be doing two heats and then a feature race. So the the biggest issue we ran into with Eldora and the cup cars is we cannot pit to take tires or fuel. Mm-hmm. We That was a big hiccup when we figured that out. Shout Very out to Jared hiccup. for finding that out for us. Yes, huge shout out to Jared for finding that out for us. Like, thank you. Um, so we're going to be running. Everyone will qualify to qualification, you know, two laps, fastest, you know. Then we're going to be running heats. Heat one will be all your inside line for the uh, for qualification. So all your odd number qualifiers will run heat one. All your even number qualifiers will run heat two. Uh, top five in both heats will be getting bonus points from five down to one. Um, we figured that was just the easiest, best way to be fair about the bonus points just because it's hard to do stages with this setup um so that's how we decided to do that uh your finishing position in the heat will determine your starting position in the feature on the lane that you start you qualified in so heat one will determine your inside line heat two will determine your outside line the good thing is, is between both heats, we will be resetting the track back to its original set. So both heats have an even race to run. Um, so there's not going to be any kind of, you know, oh, well, that heat had a better track than we did. You know, that shouldn't matter anyway. But um, but yeah, it's going to be really awesome because even heat one, like we can now heat one, will be able to watch heat two and see the changes that those drivers made by watching heat one and take those changes and improve upon it for the feature. So it's it's definitely going to be an interesting event to watch since it's not your typical cup setup for, you know, regular leagues. So I, I'm excited for it. I hope everybody else has at least an inkling of excitement, Borbell, uh, for this race. <laughs> and it's not that I'm not excited. Actually, I think this race for us is going at the perfect time um, to line up somewhat, at least with the uh, the NASCAR exhibition clash. Um, at the LA Coliseum, they will be also running heats. Um, so I think at least some correlation there. For whatever not reason, <laughs> it's not intentional at all. It just happened to fall that way. Um, I think is kind of a blessing in disguise sort of sorts uh, to help me understand it a little bit more. Because, again, I don't understand the dirt world at all, and that's just my ignorance. Um, but I, I definitely can say I respect it. So, Carl, you have anything to add? You know these guys have hit on uh, hit on it pretty much. Um, another thing I've learned about these cup cars and um, on driving on dirt is if you're going full throttle, you're doing something wrong. Uh, there's almost no full throttle time at all in the uh, in the straightaways. The corners you're just kind of trying to um, feather the throttle just enough to keep your car turned. But not too much, and that's that's the trick is being on that fine line of dirt, making sure you turn enough, but not too much, while keeping enough speed and not a, not too much speed. Uh, dirt's kind of that perfect storm, so it's uh, hard to build on top of what uh, these two pros uh, experts have kind of put on there. But yeah, it's it's going to be a fun one, especially uh, as story places Eldora. We did current last week, Eldora this week. Uh, you don't hear those combos very often, so it's kind of exciting. Um, in fact, I was talking with uh, <clears throat> some guys over the Discord last week, and this is uh, one of the most challenging schedules I think I've ever been a part of, just the dynamic range of short tracks, intermediate, the road courses, the super speedways, and how they're all interspersed. It's it's uh, very, very challenging, but very rewarding. It's, uh, 
schedule for this season. So it, this is just another one of those crown jewels, I feel. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I remember talking about that. Of, I feel like a lot of other leagues run a lot of intermediate-style uh, tracks. And for for what it's worth, I mean, that that's, I feel like, my bread and butter personally, um, mm-hmm. that and super speedways. Um, short tracks and, and these technical courses, sometimes I struggle with, and it, it a lot of people struggle with them, but it also... It, it makes you learn a new skill, um, mm-hmm. which is also transferable to those intermediate tracks at times, um, whether it's car control or whether it's certain way to brake or or even back to saving tires. Um, short tracks love to heat up your tires more than anywhere else. Um, so it would definitely it, it's definitely brought a very cool dynamic of how how different each mm-hmm. race has been so far this season. Um, but that will uh, I conclude i guess our, our preview into next week um so make sure you tune in to uh, virtualracing.network's youtube channel on tuesday february 6th at 8 p.m central 9 p.m eastern um, to catch our race at eldora and that will move us on into our guest segment our uh, sundance pizza sit down with our guest ronnie norman this week so ronnie we're going to go ahead and an- or, uh, ask you a couple questions uh, to get to let our viewers know you a little bit more let people around the league get to know you a little bit more and uh get to know Just you more like than pizzas in an oven you're now in the hot seat <laughs> exactly <laughs> that was that was beautifully said but uh as opposed to just being gavin rogers rival uh we get to know who, who ronnie norman is <laughs> arch nemesis it's our arch nemesis that's what we Thank ended you. up <laughs> so to, to get us started uh i guess we'll start easy and just get a little background of where you're from um maybe what your day job is uh, anything that you'd like to share in that realm yeah, uh, born in Terre Haute, Indiana. I've uh, been here my whole life. Um, moved north a little bit from here, but I still call Terre Haute home. I mean, the small town I live in, or I well, was grown up in, if I tell you where it is, nobody knows who it is. So Terre Haute's <laughs> right off of 70. Like I said, I'd rather say that than you'd be like, where? <laughs> so I just always say always say the big city name. But uh, no, I uh, just league race, work, um uh, my day job is uh, I drive a, a day cab semi for uh, Rider Integrated Logistics. Um, I haul car parts for Toyota. There's a Toyota plant down in Princeton, Indiana, and so I run double shuttles. There's we got routes to go to Chicago, Ohio, Illinois, everywhere, and then uh, they just come back to our, our home lot, and then I just take uh, just take them down there, give them their pick up or basically a drop and hook drop the trailer pick up the empty bring it back here and then they go and do the next load again the next day so uh that's what i do every night uh from three to three to twelve right now uh, oh, 3 a.m to 12 p.m so uh, it's not too bad i'm about to be doing 11 to 6 starting next month it's a, it's a monthly gig so we have to bid on new uh new routes every month so you don't get bored with it you know because sometimes you do the same thing every day it can get pretty you know, you're like, ah, you know, you're just like in the truck, but, uh, you yeah. know, it gives, <laughs> gives me time to listen to some podcasts, you know, hop on here, listen to the episodes. That's where I always, uh, the next day I always hop on there and listen to what you guys put out. So, um, that one there, I'm a big, uh, big Pat McAfee show oh, yeah. uh, guy. So, uh, <laughs> listen to his show every day when I can. Well, you know, after the show's been done, but yeah, listen to him. So, uh, we got a big week coming up next week, a Super Bowl week. So he's gonna have all these people on there and, so enjoy enjoy listening to that, but yeah, no, just uh, just an avid sim racer and just trying to trying to live uh, week to week and get by and hopefully win some races. <laughs> hey, and and oh, you've man. done that so, so listen, far. 
listen to our podcast. So he's a longtime listener, first time guest. Hey. <laughs> so, well, the only thing I was going to say, I was like, man, I, I don't, I don't know how I feel coming in after Rev last week. I don't know how I'm going to be able to. <laughs> gonna be able to put over that because i mean that was that was so much fun to listen to and just get to know him in general i mean who, who would have known that we had that guy in our pocket for sure mm-hmm. oh he, man rev, rev is a wonderful person man even to talk to like I've, I've hung out with him twice and i missed my chance down at the rolex but he he has got some stories and actually mm-hmm. you know what i'm gonna show a little artifact that he uh gave to me this little thing took out one of his one of his teeth when he was working on the pits when he was working in nascar so, it's his tooth? No, it's not. Oh. His tooth. Really? Does that look like a, this? I mean, I didn't know tooth. if it was like a container for the tooth or, or whatnot. So, no, nope, no. Nope. He uh, went to meet him one day when I was going down one of the Daytona races, and uh, he was nice enough to give me one of these. I think this. Uh, he said this is probably one of the last ones he'll give away. So, <laughs> but he had a story with that one. He said uh, uh, during one of the races, it knocked out one of his teeth. So, <laughs> I popped off Man. the gun and hit him in the face. He's got a story for for every occasion. It, he really oh, does. And, and Ronnie, you mentioned uh, Toyota. So is that where your uh, I guess I'll call it alliance with Toyota is? Is that why you run a Toyota? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, this going into this league, I just wanted to switch it up. I ran Ford, ran Chevy. Just I've never ran Toyota before. So um, and then I knew that the new body style was coming out. I didn't know how early it was going to come out, but I knew we would eventually run into it. So. Um, I feel like it's a good thing I do run it, or I mean, I don't even think there would be a Toyota in the field. So I think there's only two every race, me and my teammate Matt Erickson. So uh, just showing Toyota a little love. I mean, like I said, I I technically work for him. Um, so yeah, no, like like I said, I'm a. I don't really know if I'd say I'm a Chevy. I'm more of a, I would run Ford, but everybody's just so gung ho about Ford right now. So um, just trying to show the love to everybody else. <laughs> the, the the Chevys keep blowing their motors, but. Uh... It, it is nice to see some Toyotas out there. One Chevy keeps blowing the yeah, water. I sorry. have issues with uh, tie rods and control arms. <laughs> hey, time out. Time out. The only two motors that I have blown was I was spun out by Fords. Just saying. Uh, you were slowing them down. Excuses. That's all I can say. So. Hey, you didn't say Toyotas. So I'm good. <laughs> Not yet, at least. Not yeah. yet. I, I can't pick on the Prius GT, man. That thing looks <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie, what are your opinions on uh, the the new body style for the for the Camry? Um, I was trying not to hate on it. I mean, like I said, just when it came out, everybody had their opinions. Um, but then again, you're looking at a plain car with you know every, all the decals on it, so. Um, I know this past week, I think C. Bells came out with some paint schemes that mm-hmm. made the car look a lot better. Oh, yeah. Um, I think Martin Truex Jr., I don't know, was that the other one that came out with his Bass Pro Shop? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. once they once they got some color on it, like, it doesn't look bad. Like, they can, I'm sure over time they'll they'll find more graphics to make the front end look a little bit different. But the front end was just so bland that I think that's why everybody hated it. They just, mm-hmm. they just you know, was like, oh, like, what's that? And then, you know, it didn't help that the four came out at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe if it would have came out in different years, nobody would have been hating on it as bad. But uh, when you got four coming out next to a Toyota, everybody's going to be looking at the Ford. So I think that's well, yeah, it's fun to compare it to, and they're going to look at the Ford. They Ford did really well, and mm. Toyota came out. I was like, ah, I don't know what this is. That's a good point. Whenever uh, you're comparing it to, especially an American automaker and an American motorsport, it's uh, it's hard to get some love for the Toyotas. Yeah, but... I will say though, these the artists that design these liveries for these cars, I think they've done a wonderful top job 
with the angles of the new Toyota Camry, and they've been making some really killer schemes for these cars. And um, I mean, it was it, when it first came out, it kind of was uh, it was a rough car to look at. It was like, ugh. I mean, you guys had a really good looking car, and you what did you do? Especially like coming out right after the Dark Horse just you know got mm-hmm. announced, and it was like. Ooh, Ford really knocked the ball out of the park with that one, and then Toyota came like, "Hey guys, <laughs> we got a new car." <laughs> but watching these teams put these liveries on these these Camrys, man, they're actually doing a really good job and making these things look really sharp. And I know in the iRacing scene, and I, I follow uh, you know multiple discords for you know paint schemes and stuff like that because I, I you know I enjoy making paint schemes on the side for fun. It's it's fun to mess with colors and the spec maps, make them look really sharp and cool. Colors. Um, colors. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, a few people have shared. Uh, someone gave out a, a, a decal you could put on the car that actually shows the full grill on the bottom of the Camry. So it looks a little more realistic, like the actual car, mm. versus just the plain blank slate that you have so although that was a really sharp i've seen a lot of people use it but uh i mean i know some people don't care that much about details well uh speaking of nascar and real life paint schemes um i I take it that you are a nascar fan ronnie yes big one who who would be your favorite driver or if you have a couple of favorite drivers even um feel free to name multiples so starting out, I was a big junior fan back in the day. Um, I think a lot of people were. That's why he was, you know, America's most favorite driver for all them years. Mm-hmm. Um, once he kind of went away and retired, I kind of swapped over. I don't want to say I jumped on the bandwagon, but, uh, you know, Chase Elliott a little bit, got some shirts, you know, rooted for him. But uh, then finally um, – I got a home uh, in in state home driver that came up through the ranks of Chase Briscoe, so um, I watched him all the way through ARCA. I mean, he raced dirt tracks here in Indiana, and uh, just kind of followed him all the way up and through racing for Brad Keselowski in the Truck Series, going to Xfinity, and now finally making it in Cup. I mean, especially for you know your um, your hometown hero Tony Stewart. Like, I mean, what better way? I mean, for him in general, like he just. I think uh, I actually seen a post today. It was 10 years ago today that he started his journey to NASCAR when he flew out to North Carolina. So it was 10 years ago today that he started to uh, get where he is today. And it was just crazy to think about because I was like, wow, I'm going on the podcast tonight. So I had to try to remember that fact. But, yeah, and I've kind of swapped over to Chase just because it was one of those, like, he hasn't – I mean, he has no – I mean, he worked his way up. Like, he wasn't, you know, given anything. He he did everything, you know, from the bottom to the top. And so I think – for me, it was cool to root for somebody that was from my home state, you know, not far from me. And uh, just, just cool to see just a success story and see him make it. But, you know, last year, Fords did not have a good year last year, especially Tony. But I just – I don't know if it was because of him, you know, getting with this NHRA stuff. Was he really helping out with his cup team? What was – you know, where was he paying attention to the most? But, I mean, then again, not a lot of Fords are running good last year in general. So, um, so yeah, hoping uh, he can have a good year this year. But yeah, I'm a I'm a big Chase Briscoe fan. Hold on, a Ford won the championship. How can you sit there and say the Fords didn't have a good year? Uh, well, <laughs> the cheating Fords um, won the championship. Wow, that was uh, a little salty. I, I I don't give Penske any love. Um, I Ryan Blaney, <laughs> I'll give some slack too, but the other two, I 
I digress. <laughs> but Chase Briscoe is a very interesting um, answer. I did not expect to to hear that from. I I don't personally know any uh, Chase Briscoe number one fans, but that is a good diversity to have. Um, I, I I was expecting you to to give me a William Byron answer. Um, unfortunately, you did not. But <laughs> I've been I've been Hendrick for so long, so. It's either him. I mean, any Hendrick driver can win. I mean, you know, I'm all root for him, but mm-hmm. yeah, I just gotta, I gotta stay true to to Chase over there as well. I respect that. I respect it. So you mentioned earlier that uh, you took a break from iRacing and came back. However, when did you first begin, uh, first start in iRacing, and and how did you get into it? So uh, back, I think I was a senior in high school. Um, sounds like forever ago. I mean, I'm only 28, but, um, we were, I mean, me and my, my best friend, we was always racing on a Gran Turismo. I mean, any kind of racing thing we could get onto. And we, we always looked at iRacing, but I mean, you know, being a high school kid, not really having the money. I mean, you got to buy some stuff. You need a wheel, this and that, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, finally, I think it was in 2014, uh, we finally was able to, I got a job out of high school and uh, working in a factory I, I wasn't going to college I already knew I wasn't so I just you know where I was at it was like hey as soon as you're done with school you get to work so that's what I did and uh, we went my buddy actually gave me the wheel that I still have today so I've never had a brand new wheel I've had the same wheel everything since 2014 wow. all the way till today that I'm racing with so uh, I do have some new pedals I had to buy unfortunately you know pedals can the the spring went out on the on my uh, my throttle and you know you need that so um, yeah, but that was the only the thing I ever played. Important than uh, right. your actual wheel. So what what wheel is that that you have? Uh, I think I got the Thrustmaster T five or three hundred, one of the two. I think it's a three hundred now. Whichever one's wow. the newer one, because but yeah, that's that's what I run on. But I don't have a shift or anything. I just use sequentials, and I don't even have a third pedal. I just do the automatic. I'm I'm pretty basic when it comes to all that stuff. So uh, hopefully here later on down the road, I'll be able to uh, save up some money and buy a setup like you guys got going on <laughs> over there. But no, I um, I wish I could send a picture in. I mean, I don't even know if you'd even want to post it. I I'd have to go on here. I got a picture of my rig. If please a way please send, send it. I, I <laughs> we to. have a sim setup in the in the Discord. In the Discord. Go ahead, and send it. At the very it, least, add it in there. I would love to see this. Honestly, that. Oh no. Oh, do we lose him? Oh. Nope. Oh, no, I just threw my camera off. I'm here. Oh, you're good. <laughs> no, honestly, I know, so some of our cameras are a little thrown off right now to our viewers. Sorry. Oh, my bad. <laughs> they'll, 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 they'll fix themselves in a minute. But oh. honestly, hearing what you just said, I I respect your driving even more now. Um, because, I mean, at the end of the day, your your sim racing equipment does not make you a better driver. Um, it, it, it really is about your skill and, and your discipline and your throttle control and every every other factor. Um the newer equipment maybe make make it feel more immersive or or a direct drive might give you that little extra edge but seeing what you do week in and week out on a on a T300 and a two pedal set is is mind blowing to me yeah that's that's really impressive that's that's just awesome work makes me makes me feel like me worse of a driver well, exactly. It's like, yeah, I see him passing me every week. It's like, damn it. I have a whole extra pedal and it's not helping me. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what, am I, what am I spending my money on? Now, I, you know, you like you said, like, uh, you know, obviously skill has a major component of uh, of racing and everything like that. And there it is. 
Oh my oh, gosh, that's like an old Chester drawer also that you have it all connected to. Oh, <laughs> oh there you an old go. Computer desk. Oh, an old computer desk. Yeah, the drawers are taken out of. Woo. Yep, Damn. that's that's my rig. That's what I race on. So that is beautiful. Put a big old TV up there and. <laughs> Holy cow! That is a. I tell you what, Richard and and Carl and, and I'll even throw in Adam and uh, Gavin in there. Really put I feel like a lot of people to shame with their very nice uh, <laughs> setups that they have. I'm very jealous of them and and hope to as well get one similar that uh, to that one day. But I mean, uh, even the Ferrari will. I mean, isn't that just gorgeous? Out, <laughs> oh, just amazing. It really pulls everything together, <laughs> right? I mean, I don't even really road race that much. I mean, hell, look at me at Coda, man. I was, but I mean, I I got that on there just because I have all the extra buttons to you know mm-hmm. look left, look right, everything I need. If it was just a regular racing wheel. I I don't even know what I'd be able to do with it. Not as much, unfortunately, and. That's when a button have to buy a button box from Rev. Yeah. Shout out to Rev Sim Shop <laughs> and TradingPants.com. Um, there you go. <laughs> now but, I'm not going to do the jingle. No, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> but you don't have to be pantsless. I didn't say the other word. <laughs> um. So I guess going into my next question. Um, <laughs> It's hard to derail those tracks. Um, what oh, no, are... we already derailed them. What are you talking about? <laughs> Ronnie, what are your favorite and your uh, least favorite tracks? Uh, I guess specifically for cup cars or the next-gen cup cars. Ooh, I don't know. Um, um, man, I don't even know. That's kind of on the spot. I mean, I, I enjoy a lot of them. Uh, maybe... I can't say Darlington because Darlington is just you hate it when you start practicing and then you fall in love halfway through the race. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, it's, I I just hate I hate speed speedways, super speedways. Not not a fan. Um, I just hate the. I like I like mile and a half, any mile and a half. I enjoy it just because it, you it's a you have to the drive. Like mm-hmm. if you don't have to. I mean, I'm not saying you don't need skill to race the Daytona or Talladega or any of that stuff, but it's just like. We're just driving in a circle, trying to draft, you know. But I'm, oh, okay, never mind. Atlanta, take Atlanta, get Atlanta out of this, out of the schedule. New, I hate Atlanta. Atlanta. <laughs> new Atlanta, yes, New Atlanta. That's honestly my only track I hate. I mean, <laughs> once they luckily I was able to go to Atlanta before they repaved it. I was mm-hmm. able to go down there and watch a uh, truck race and an Xfinity race. But um, yeah, no. Once they repaved that, and I, I raced on it for the first time, I was like, I absolutely hate this, and I'm sure a lot of people do too. You know, and we talked about it, you know, what was it, last week? Or no, the week before, I think we talked about it. And, Mm -hmm. like, I think a lot of people, I think the one thing that a lot of people can agree on is, like, they don't hate it. It's not terrible, but it was just the wrong track to do that layout to. It was like, Atlanta was already such an awesome track, had phenomenal racing on it already. They didn't need to ruin it with the pack racing that we already see at two of the largest tracks on the circuit. If they did that to, you know, I hate to dog on it again, but Texas, like, that would have been such an awesome change. I mean, nobody, uh, Texas is such a hard track to enjoy. And, I mean, I don't not like Texas, but of the three tracks that are similar, it's Atlanta, Charlotte, then Texas. And I think Texas, I think that would have been, because like Borbell said that week, everything's bigger in Texas. 
And that kind of racing is a bigger style of racing that a lot of people enjoy watching because the big wrecks. And I think if they did that to Texas, it would have been a way better option and they just could have repaved Atlanta instead of reconfiguring it. Mm -hmm. And I think people love watching races there do not like participating in races there because it is one incredibly stressful there's not a lot of room to move around it's like a daytona or a talladega but with even less room and then in the corners it's even harder to control um but yeah i i can't say i fully disagree with the you hating that track i i understand everyone's take on it um so i feel like that would be a, a good option and then, Would you say that they more or less repaved Texas for IndyCar just because of them racing there and it's a lot smoother for them? Well, I mean, I don't know if NASCAR just kind of got brought into it as well just because they raced there. That You're, you're talking about the re, – they didn't do Texas because of IndyCar, from my understanding. Right. right. Um, and from my understanding as well, when they, they flattened out at least turn one and made it wider, that was also to benefit IndyCar. Um so they're not going at the insane speeds that they were going at old Texas with the, I don't know, 20, 24 degree banking, whatever it was. Um, because people, I feel like forget Texas motor speedway was one of the fastest tracks in all of cup, um, for a mile and a half getting right up to 200 miles an hour was crazy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they, they just turned it into a complete abomination of a track and put the, was it PJ one, down everywhere in turn one and makes it impossible to drive there or keep it a one lane road or one lane, one lane track. Sorry. And I agree with Richard again, just to bring that back up of, I wish they did it to Texas, um, to hopefully save it, uh, not save it. It's not going anywhere since it's in such a big market, but to, to really revamp it because going to that track in person almost every year is really disheartening. Um, from a race perspective on TV, it's terrible to watch in person. Honestly, it's even worse to watch. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll move on from that. And you mentioned your favorite tracks being mile and a half. Do you have a favorite mile and a half? Mm, probably Kansas, Kansas. Okay. That's a good one. I know that's a, a big fan favorite, um, for those intermediates. Uh, what about Kansas makes it better for you than something like, Chicago land. I know cup doesn't race there anymore, but similar tracks. Uh, I feel like I'm decent at saving tires there. And for me in general, like I try following somebody, um, going into the turns, catching up to them. Um, I just have, a, I have a lot of fun trying to slide job people into the corners. And so just, you know, just, I mean, even going back and forth with somebody, but, uh, you know, just knowing in the beginning of the runs, you can run the bottom, which way back in the day, you couldn't do that. Like, it was just the top heavy. You, I mean, if you ran the bottom, you couldn't get any speed. But now that they changed that up with the with the new tire models and this and that. So um, just, just being able to run the bottom for a little bit, um, make, making it into a two-groove track, but then eventually you're going up to the wall. But just uh, getting down to those late races and, you know, you're right there and trying to get a run on them. And then, you know, they're getting tight and they're getting ready to get into the wall, coming out of four, coming out of two. And, and then just diving it down in there and trying to slide up in front. I just I, I enjoy trying to do that, and I've done it a couple times in some league races. So I think that's why I enjoy just that style of racing is just getting around them and then taking off, and then you know hopefully you know just keeping the lead. But um, I enjoy you know just any mile and a half in general. But I think Kansas is just fun because you're in the throttle a lot, and uh, you can. I, there's not really a lot of cautions either. I mean, it's mostly you get single file, you run. 
but uh, it can get a little hectic here and there. But I would say that's probably my one, my favorite for sure. I think that's a, a really good choice. Um, and I feel like it's not often said as a favorite track of people. I do know it is a popular track, though. Um, it might not pe- be people's most favorite, but it is up there um, along with, uh, what is it, like Auto Club. And I know people love Michigan, too, now and all that fun stuff. But um, we'll go on to your car number. Your car number is 32. Is, is there a reason or is there a story behind uh, why you have 32? Um, I think I went with 32. Um, my favorite dirt lane model driver is Bobby Pierce. So, uh, his number is 32. Um, I don't really, I think that's what we went with. <laughs> I'm pretty, I, I can't really remember if that's what it was, but if it was 32, that's definitely the relation I have with it. Um, big, he's, uh, 2023 world of outlaw, uh, late model champion last year. So, uh, just, just a big fan of his and, um, uh, I think uh, I've ran different numbers over different leagues. I, sometimes I forget what even one I'm in. So um, I don't really – it would be nice just to stick to one number for all my leagues, but sometimes mm-hmm. you can't do that. I get that. And the font of your number, is, is that his font as well, or is that something that you – No, have? I think that's just uh, this is what my painter put on there. Um, I, got, I got a guy at a Snyder Graphics. He's been my best friend since I can remember. Uh, we You know, we grew up – uh, first on PlayStation and then transfer over to racing, but he's uh, he's a lot more smarter than me in the paint world. So I uh, never got that uh, never got that smart with being able to paint. I, I think I just don't really have the don't feel like I have the time and the patience to do it because I know a lot of people are a lot better at it and than me. So uh, I just appreciate him. He's he's made all my paints for all my leagues and he's tried to get a little bit of a bit of a thing going on Facebook here and there, but. Uh, you know, I do. I'll throw him money here and there to uh, for helping me out. But he, uh, you know, he always, he, you know, he makes my uh, my cars look good on the track each week. So I definitely appreciate him. Yeah, he does. He, he he's done a really good job of your, your paint is very sleek, very solid um, for sure. And my last question, my most important question, I ask, I've asked to each guest. Um, so you're going on a long road trip, and you stop at a gas station. I'm not ready for this. What drink and what snack are you grabbing? I I just love this question. Uh, Well, I'm a NOS guy, as you can tell on my paint. For my paint scheme, yeah, big big NOS guy. Uh, But my favorite one is the uh, the purple, the grape NOS. I I don't even know if it even makes me perk up or – if I'm tired, I just drink it because it tastes good. I don't even I need to I need to get tired one day and drink one to see if it even really wakes me up or not. I think NOS is actually one of the lowest whatever I don't know what it is in these yeah, like it, I don't even think it has that much in it compared to some of these other ones. So, uh just enjoy NOS in general. Um but uh, I'm a big uh sweet tart guy. Love sweet tarts. Um that beef jerky original sweet tarts. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um two uh because I know I Adam brought up the was. sweet tart ropes. Uh, <laughs> well, they got those those uh, gummy nerd gummy clusters now. Oh, those yeah. are the new those are the new ones on there. So I've been uh, my girlfriend actually got me into those. I've never never had them, and then I tried them, and now here and there, like last night uh, during the run, I got some uh, some gushers to snack on this oh. morning. So um, yeah, me and truck stops are a bad habit for sure. Um, <laughs> it's not good for my pocketbook. <laughs> But yeah, no. Like I said, Nos, um, get one of them big smart waters, like the big, you know, the big fat smart waters that they got. So, um, yeah, Nos water, uh, sweet tarts. Um, 
trying to think. Uh, Chewy Sprees. Chewy Sprees mm. are really good, too. Mm. That's a throwback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so they got those bags, but man, they're like six bucks for a, like a nice bag. But and, you know, for me, it's something to like chew on competitive or repetitively while I'm while I'm driving. You know, it keeps mm-hmm. you doing something. And uh, I used to do, uh, yeah. I I used to be a big uh, sunflower guy. Uh, I just I get a Gatorade and then I would spit all the seeds into a Gatorade bottle. Mm-hmm. So I would fill up a Gatorade bottle a night. It felt like, but after a while, man, your your gums. <laughs> they're killed. Mm-hmm. killed yeah so yeah like i said i definitely had to say sweet tarts um big big gum chewer for sure is there as well uh five gum mint something like that so yeah no that's um i'd say that's what i'm what i'm getting every time i go in there top notch I, I i respect those those choices especially the drink i i'm not i can't say i'm a huge nos fan personally but i do respect it more than adam saying starry um, <laughs> that was so off the wall. Yeah, that, that I don't know where he got that from, but well, that will conclude our uh, our Sundance Pizza sit down, um, and we'll get into our NASCAR news for the week. Um, but before we do, I just wanted to uh, say a reminder that a new episode of the Holler Podcast can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Every Friday, uh, Thursday, we do live stream on Facebook and sometimes TikTok. Um, but for up-to-date news and information on the Butt Kicker Cup Series, please be sure to like our page on Facebook and visit www.brbracingleague.com. So into the NASCAR news, uh, before we move on, thank you, Ronnie, for uh, one, being here, and, and two, letting us uh, get to know you a little bit more. Um, no, I, I appreciate the DM last night. It kind of surprised me. Um, I was lucky I even seen it. I was like, I was like, what's he messaging me now? It's probably that <laughs> I'm on a mid level or something. So, uh, then he, oh, then great. Think, he got salty about that. <laughs> no, I, I, I have messaged Ronnie previously just after a race or a day after the race, just talking about whatever happened during the race or apologizing, just whatever the case may be. So, I can, apologizing I, for running me over and killing me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you gotta watch out for that dude in the mirror. Uh, you know, you've done it to me too, Stephen. You're you're starting to build a build a reputation here. <laughs> Don't make him spill his drink. <laughs> I might as well just drop also, my rivalry with Gavin and just change it over. Oh yeah, just focus on Stephen. <laughs> do you it. Took- Hold on, yeah, hold on, hold on, no, no, no. With don't, Richard there. Don't do that because Steven and Carl are running next to each other all the time, which means you're going to be an enemy oh, with Carl, which means now i got to step my foot into it. So, Carl, oh, no, Carl no, no, and I, I have not been Ronnie racing. go and take out Steven. That's easy. I'll, Carl I'll and I have not been close to each other these past couple of weeks. Is all no, I, I've been off my game. That's what it comes down to. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get that building up. So trust me. Well, well I'll get there. I'll get there again. Don't I'll worry. I was... I was following Carl in the race at Kern, so I mean, if, it, if he's off his game, one. you imagine. Yeah, that's, that's a big problem right there. Don't follow Carl. Yeah, that's <laughs> terrible, terrible advice. Also, you know, we were giving Adam a hard time about Starry, but Barbell, please tell me you're not drinking Pepsi. Uh, Coke Zero. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm a soda. I only drink zero calorie. That's I drink. Fine. I only drink zero calorie. As long as it wasn't Pepsi, I thought it was blue. I was like, I better not be Pepsi, dude. Sometimes I do. You have ain't forty five yet. I, I, does Pepsi an older person drink? I don't know. I just I represent Pepsi with my grandpa. <laughs> no. I don't know. I, when I think of an older people soda, I think of like a caffeine free, maybe Diet Coke or something like that. Oh, I, the little gold, the gold yes, caffeine free exactly, Diet Coke. Can. Exactly. Um, 
and I will never do that. Caffeine is just too important to me. Um, <laughs> but also, I'm not saying what I'm drinking. I'm not even going to show you. <laughs> this is not a hate on my drinks uh, segment of the race. <laughs> so, well, if I, I told you what I was drinking, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, I, if I told you water. what I was drinking, y'all would definitely make fun of me. So I'm not even going to mention it. I mean, we already make fun of you on the regular, so it would be nothing new. Go ahead and share us. Share with us. I, it looked a little fruity. <laughs> I mean, it matches Richard, so I, here we I are. I like the fruity stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> to get back on track, we'll uh, cover That's some NASCAR. That's next Tuesday. News. That's when we'll be back on that track. <laughs> dad, jokes, dad jokes and fruity drinks is Richard. Um, Fine, I'll show you. Mountain Dew Code Red. Oh, what are Damn. you, 12? Straight, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mentally, probably. <laughs> you're, you're 12 and you play still Call play Call of Duty. Duty. Right <laughs> I, I don't play Call of Duty. I play Escape from Tarkov, which is way better. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah. I digress. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Back on track. So, NASCAR news this week. There isn't a whole lot of news, uh, or at least new news. Yeah, some new paint schemes got released. Yada, yada. We've already been over some. Um, nothing too spectacular there. Uh, did want to bring up that the clash is this weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday, uh, with the heats being qualifying and the heats being Saturday and then the main being Sunday or the, sorry, the last yeah, chance yeah, you're right, qualifier you're right, yeah. or the last chance, whatever. I don't know what y'all call LCQ. it. LCQ. LCQ. Thank you. And last the chance main event qualifier. being Sunday. Um, so that's notable and exciting. I know it's just and, an exhibition race and it's not a yeah, great Yeah, but track. I mean, the biggest thing about that is Saturday is free and open to the public. Very true. Well, we're going to combine this with Sunday. They are about to get hammered with a ton of rain. There's oh, a lot of debate whether or not they're even going to get a race in. They have those race, they have those wet tires, but we saw at Coda a couple of years ago, there is a such thing as too wet. So uh, there's there's a little bit of debate on if they're even going to have an event right now. And I'm curious how the drainage is there um, mm-hmm. with it being essentially a makeshift track. Did they basically route the drainage to the what was underneath the turf or the grass or whatever for the football stadium? That's a great question. <laughs> and so, I mean, Chicago proved there's too much rain. Uh, but that made that made it very exciting as well. So. Yeah, but I mean, I don't mind rain on a road course. That's that's like every other freaking road course racing series out there does that. NASCAR didn't until of recent. I don't know how I feel about... They're not even wet tires. They're damp tires on a short track because i think they did it at martinsville last year didn't they they did a test yes they no no there was a race where it was it was really wet they they tried putting them on the trucks at martinsville was it the trucks i knew it was one of them and i know a lot of people are like uh it's sprinkling out get the cars on the track and everyone's like it's not actually rain tires or damp tires it's like oh well Know, but like, they basically did it just to try to get the racing going because they don't want to have to reschedule or postpone a race. So, I mean, I don't know how much rain is scheduled out there. I, I haven't been paying attention because it's California and who really pays attention to California. Um, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what's what's the weather like for this? Week? It's 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 looking a little intense. It's it's it looks like they're going to have a steady stream. Chance. Yeah, they're going to well, have a steady I, stream of rain that Sunday. I know Bob Pockerus, he did say that the the track did drain really well after the rain today. Oh, so that's exciting. That is a well, good let's, thing. Well, let's 
well, but it's then a let's, of how long is it going to rain? Let, let's uh, exactly. Well, let's like. build on top of that. Uh, there's no haulers. There's no hardly any shelter. So look at the electronics. They're going to get wet. Look at the drivers' electronics. They're going to get wet. They're just going to sit there in the rain and get just dumped on. Um, are these cars equipped with the heaters, the the defrosters? Are they going to be able to look, be able to see through the windshield? There's a lot that's I, I feel that NASCAR's going to have to deal with if they try to get this thing going Sunday. That's a good Can point. Can we move and, back to Clash to Daytona? Well, I think it's a little too late this season, unfortunately. But well, if yeah. <laughs> for whatever reason they are unable, because Saturday it also looks like 40% chance during the day, 70% chance at night. So hopefully mm-hmm. they can even get something in there. But Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, all 90 or 80% chances of rain throughout the whole days. So if they can't get anything in, it's not looking very good. And I I would hate to start the unofficial part of the nascar season like that um because for for what it's worth the clash at least brings some excitement yes the super bowl in between the clash and the daytona 500 might kill a lot of any buzz that is circulating um and maybe that's where the netflix series uh full speed will come in and and help any lack of hype i guess that's built around this season um have any of you watched all that yet i I started the first episode today (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I ended up finishing the first episode um, as well yeah, I still need today. To the first episode. I'm not yeah. a TV person, so I don't watch a lot of shows. I need right to just sit down you. and watch it. I, I, I've been good. wanting you talk, to have wait. You watched it yet? I've been catching up on my Pat McAfee. It's uh, it's on deck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I tell you what, like I have heard a lot of people talking about um, how they seem to follow Denny Hamlin a lot, um, just because of his open availability to media coverage. He 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 loves it. He craves it. Um, but Netflix just did a tremendous job of making a casual fan, letting them understand what's going on and the ramifications of certain events and whatnot so far. Um, so even if you're not an NASCAR fan, I highly recommend tuning in for just the excitement. All I keep seeing is just how hot uh, Ryan Blaney's girlfriend is, I guess. <laughs> no comment. William Byron knows. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. Matt, Matt, William uh, Byron uh, knows his sister. That's yeah, what it is. There you go. I got the names mixed or the words mixed up. (laughs) But uh, so, yep, that's the uh, clash this weekend if it actually ends up happening. Um, And I don't personally have any other NASCAR information, breaking news or anything like that to really bring up. But uh, Richard and Carl, I know y'all mentioned you have uh, something. Yeah, I got a. I mean, one thing I know in the iRacing community, a lot of people have one driver that they have been wanting to see like do better in Anthony Alfredo pasta man will be racing in the Daytona 500. As we saw, I think who, who shared that? We'll, we'll be attempting. Yeah, he will be attempting. Who shared that? I'm going to, I got to scroll up here. Come on, Brandon Richard. Maddox, he shared it. Beard Motorsports will be putting a car in for good old Anthony Alfredo to uh, race, hopefully to make it into the Daytona 500. The number 62 Chevy, Sponsored by Deathwish Coffee, and that is a sharp looking paint. If you guys haven't looked at it, go look at that that uh that post that Brandon Maddox shared. That's a, I mean, it's basic, but I am, I can tell you now, I am a sucker for basic sharp line schemes, and I'm excited to see if Anthony Alfredo can make it. Um, I mean, I think he's he's long due over t- uh oh long time overdue for a shot at Cup, and I think this is a good opportunity to show what he can do. Cause I know he's a huge, huge influence in the iRacing community. 
Not sure if this is correct. That's it. It is. Yes. <sighs> I don't. Yeah. <laughs> looks like a paint. It, 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 it looks like looks, there's some decals it on looks it. Looks like a Chevrolet. Um, yeah, I think not it much sharp. to it. It, it. It's for what it is. Love the guy. Um, hopefully he can make it in, and uh, if he can make it in, he can uh, surprise a couple people. Yeah, I think he definitely could. So, and then on top of that, uh, the biggest news from last year, Shane uh, SVG. I can't even say it. Van Gisbergen. Van Gisbergen. Shane Van Gisbergen will be racing the number sixteen for the Colleg Racing of the Cup Series. I do believe for five or six races to include both races at Talladega, Chicago, Las Vegas Round Two, and I can't remember the other races. Uh, there we go. We got it pulled up. Let's see. Uh, Coca-Cola 600, Street Course, uh, Watkins Glen. Yeah, the Glen. That'll be fun to watch him at the Glen. Holy Vegas cow. Vegas is his final race. Yeah. Oh, uh, he is racing both Talladegas, though, also. Yes, I remember hearing yeah. that as well. There we go. Talladega, Circuit of America. Yep. So, I mean, that's that's huge, because we know that he worked with Project 91 with Trackhouse Racing last year. And Trackhouse made a deal to bring him over to race in Cup, but I think they're under a partnership right now with Call Lake Racing uh, to get him some experience in a stock car on oval racing down in the Xfinity series. I do, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. he is running a full season this year with Call Lake mm-hmm. in the Xfinity. Yep. Um, so That's Xfinity, Colleg, not truck? Yes, Xfinity. Xfinity. Yes. Okay. He went straight to Xfinity series, thank God, because nobody wants to go through truck series right now. Um, but uh, being that... He's with Colleg right now. I do believe when he does step up, it will be with Trackhouse. But Colleg will be fielding him in the Colleg Racing number 16 in the Cup Series, uh, those handful of races. And that's that's going to be exciting. I'm excited to see what this guy can do in oval racing. Um, I know a lot of people say, and it's completely agreeable, oval racing is a different monster than road course racing. It's, you know, it takes a whole different mindset. So, um, so let's hear what you guys think about this. Well, I was there when he raced the truck race at Lucas Oil last year, so I got to see him in person. He is every bit of as tall as he looked, and I'm six four myself, so I, I definitely looked up to him a little bit. But, but yeah, no, he uh, it was it was cool just because he he was so buzz, you know, that his name was just everywhere, and and then like you see him, like holy, like that's that's Shane right there. Like you you, I mean, he's just like everybody else. He's not like, you know, I don't really think he was wanting all of the attention that he was getting. He's just here trying to do some work and. Uh, it was just cool to see him run, but I don't really think he ran that well. I think he was in the mid tens to twenties. I think is where he finished that. So, yeah. but uh, I mean, at least he's you know he's he's there. He's he's putting in the work and he's going to try to do what he can. But um, you can't blame him. I mean, he's like I said when he came out first race and won the Cup race at Chicago. I mean, it was just uh, he just blew up from there. Mm-hmm. Perfect storm. But I mean, I don't I don't really have much to add. Um... It's an exciting story. Uh, I love um, NASCAR at least getting uh, international drivers involved. Um, it helps grow the sport internationally. Of for for whatever reason, if someone in Australia, for example, didn't know that NASCAR existed, um, him winning that race put put NASCAR on the map at the very least for a casual audience in Australia. And um, I, I know there were several other. Uh, international drivers last year that made appearances um can't remember his name he drove uh for 2311 for in- the indy road course 
Um, and I don't even want to try butchering his name. Um, Is it Jensen Button? No. I know there was another Australian supercar driver. Oh, uh, talking about RCR. Talking about Kimi Raikkonen. No, Kimi Raikkonen was uh, one as well. But was that was that last year? Or was that the year before? Now. I think it was last year. Raikkonen, yeah, Raikkonen drove Coda the year before. Yeah, because it was Coda the year before. It was Watkins Glen last year. <clears throat> but I know there was another Australian supercar driver that drove the Indy Road Course, but he drove mm-hmm. for RCR, not twenty three eleven. I can't yeah, remember his name. My mind. But he was he was a he was basically the rival of Shane. Mm-hmm. They they brought him in uh, the next week or you know yeah Indy Road Course. So glad that oh. thing's gone. Oh yeah. my god, that is There's, oh man, bring it back to the brickyard. People, I'm so yeah, excited. A lot of people are looking forward to the brickyard. It's it's that's generating the right right amount of buzz right now. Honestly, that's that's going to be fun to watch when it comes back around. Any road course is just a terrible, terrible course. It's not it's, a it's well not, laid out course. It's not a fun course. I mean, even the high speed sections of the corners, the corners are flat anyway. It's it's. I get it. You have to use up some of that space on that infield, but got to do something different. It was a fun experiment. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, it was that, an experiment. A, that's about all it was. Was an experiment because I mean, it's. I don't know, like that arena style road course racing. Oh, Kobayashi, that's right. Gotcha. But like, you know, these these oval racetracks, it's the arena racetracks basically. And, you know, Daytona Daytona did it great. Daytona road course is awesome. It's not overly technical. There's very small overly technical places, but you still have the high speeds that Daytona is known for. And it is just a great mix of all of it. Indy, there's nothing exciting about it it's all just sharp turn here sharp turn here all flat straight like that's about mm-hmm. all indie road course is and it's just it never it didn't really produce anything exciting except when i think what was it chase elliott when he ran over the curb and the curb like broke and stuck in his car came up yep yeah. <laughs> that that's was about, about the only it. <laughs> exciting thing that happened with indie road course other than that it's just kind of like oh it's another road course i guess who was it that kyle larson just Obliterated going into one. Uh, was I can't remember oh who it was. God. Remember oh, that? Joey, I was, I was right there. Yeah, yeah, that was um. That was wasn't that AJ Allmendinger or someone like that? It yeah, we, I was sitting on the hill right there when it happened, and it was, was it so Amarillo? loud. Eric Amarillo. Oh, it could have been Eric Amarillo actually, because I remember that there. rear end just falling apart, all, all that insulating foam and everything else. I remember that hit. And the, the rain, I, that one year they had the rain, it was exciting. Oh, the rain, you know. Like, other than that, if nothing like that happened, like, it just wasn't a fun race to watch. It was just kind of like, oh, well, on the next week. <laughs> well, the only cool part about being there in turn one is right behind you, uh, you got one of the big TVs, so... Once you see them go into one, go around you, you just turn around and watch them on the big screen until they come back to one. So mm-hmm. that was about, the, you know, but I mean, yeah, it's like I said, that's the only thing that sucks about road course is you only see them every minute. So yeah, I was going to say, like, what, in, in your experience, do you prefer going to an oval and watching a race or is the road course experience worth it? Well, I mean, I guess you can say either way, even with the, you know, the, the oval, you're still waiting for them to come around again. Um, but I just, I think 
I'm more of an oval guy. I'm not really a road guy. So uh, if you sit, you know, going into a turn, you can see them coming all the way down the front stretch. You can see them going into a short shoot and then, you know, going around the next turn. So maybe you can see them a little bit longer. But, I mean, they got – I mean, the, the seats in turn one, if you sit all the way up high, which those are always the most expensive ones just because you can see the most. But, uh, yeah, like, like I said, I don't – you got different hills you can sit at on the road course here and there, but I mean everybody has their favorite spots. But I'm, I, I enjoy the oval the most out of out of everything. Now, on the road course spectating thing, I will say I just I just got back from the Rolex 24 Hour this past past weekend. I went to my first one, and it was a blast. And I know a couple of us in the league were actually planning a trip down there next year. We're going to camp on the infield. Um, but the good thing about the 24 hour is it's general admission. Once you buy, like you can go to the infield and you go to the, the stands and there's no assigned seating. So the best seats up there is, uh, right there at pit exit about midway up. Mm -hmm. Um, you get to see them coming. Like you get to see the entire track. There's very little that you get to see at Daytona. Like they've done a really well done job at that. I mean, there's a few blind spots because of the screens they have. But overall, I watched the entire – I got to see the entire race from the stands. It's cool being in the infield and watching them come by in the little bitty areas that you have. But if you get up in the stands at Daytona, man, you get to see them come all the way out of turn four, all the way through the trioval, that heavy braking zone into one, and, it, you know, the slither into two. You get to kind of see them in the infield there, come out and go around turn one and two and all the way down the back stretch. You can't really see the chicane because, you know, shit blocking, but – you get to see about 90% of that track up in the stands, and it, it's it's really cool. Well, but that's, you know, kind of the separation between sports car racing and this next-gen car. They've been, we, we all know the, the Achilles heels of this next-gen car is the racing on the short tracks and the road courses. It's not all that competitive, and um, those sports car ra racing, it's a little different animal. Um they have the balance of performance and stuff like that. They're kind of made to run on those road courses. Those cars don't run on ovals. So um, it's, I think it's just a different environment. Say, uh, indie road course. Okay, what if they rolled it into the, the Breakyard 400 and they did a 6-hour endurance or a 12-hour endurance? How would that change the atmosphere around the track? Do a double header. Uh, you know, you have the Brickyard 400, and then Saturday do a six-hour endurance. Um, it, In the like we said, no, no, no. Oh, I'm, I'm oh, saying, like, I'm saying, <laughs> you know, amp that up. I mean, with the 24-hour, you have that going on. That's the WEC started in Bahrain, I think, or Abu Dhabi. Um, we got F1 starting to do testing in the next month. So, you know, the motorsports, those wheels are turning, literally and figuratively. And I think that'd be one of those things that gets the hype up. Daytona's one of those courses. Well, Indianapolis Motor, Motor Speedway is one of those courses I think it has the prestige to be able to run one of those big-time events like a doubleheader in the middle of the season. So I think maybe the way they advertise it and market it could be a little different and may bring a little bit different crowd to it. Uh, but I think that could be something that could maybe be looked at in the future for that track. Well, I mean, F1, IMSA races there now, right? And yeah, you, IMSA races six yeah. hours at the Bricks. So, um, but F1 used to race the Indy Road Course. Mm -hmm. and they did it, what I think, two times and never went back. Yeah, they, two or three years. I think the second, I think the last year that they were there, they were complaining about the tires on the track, and basically, I think the track or somebody said, "Nope, you can't change a tire thing." 
And I think every car but two pulled off and quit. They're like, nope, we're not racing this. And I don't think F1 ever went back. So, I mean, if F1 doesn't go back, (laughs) you kind of know something's wrong with what they're doing. So, especially on a track like Indianapolis, it's like, it has a name. It's prestigious. So, it is... I mean, that's that's the thing about F1, though. They can kind of get a little ahead of themselves in my opinion they they have a little bit of an inflated ego as you know they it's kind of deserved they are kind of the premier motorsports that's millions and billions of dollars going to a couple of cars racing around the track and yeah i think there is a little bit to be seen there but at the same time you know f1 kind of needs to understand especially the racing scene in here in the north america it's just not the same as it is worldwide and it's just another one of those things where Maybe there could have been a compromise about that, uh, but we don't know what went went on behind the scenes, so it's hard to say one way or the other if it could happen again or if it's just bad relationships at the end. It just kind of ended it for everyone, so it's hard to say. I mean, now with Pinsky owning Indy, I mean, he's got a lot of connections too, so he's already done a whole lot to upgrade the facility from where it was mm-hmm. before, so I mean, who knows what he could do in the future with that track. Yeah, but I'm I'm excited to watch the IMSA six hours there. But um, but yeah, no, I mean, speaking of F1 though, uh, oh, here news we go. broke today. Here we go. F1 denied Andretti and GM entering in 2024. So, uh, Andretti is still going to go full force and making a 2024 compliant car to test and prepare for another application though to apply for 2025, even though I do believe in the letter, F1 said that they would consider maybe late as late as 2027, 2028, they would consider it. But, I mean, if anybody's been keeping up with this and have been watching on Twitter, the backlash from everybody in motorsports towards F1 about this, they're like, and F1's reasoning, like one of the reasonings was like, eh, F1's not going to benefit from this, you're going to benefit more from this than we will. That was one of their reasons. It's like, really? Andretti is bringing North American fans and a North American name and manufacturer to a sport that has been gaining more North American fans. And you're saying that Andretti is going to benefit from this more than you? (laughs) Yeah, it seems really political. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. There's got to be, I don't want to speculate and just say other uh, manufacturers maybe didn't want a, an American manufacturer to compete with. Um, yeah, but oh, look at Haas. Yeah, Haas is American. Well, and throw another American sport, or manufacturer in there. And now now F1's prestige is tainted by Americans. Um, well, I mean, and don't look come at to how America Haas, to show a race. <laughs> look, look, look at how Haas has run that program this past two or three years it's kind of a dumpster fire they just fired gunther steiner and it's 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 a mess uh i think we hit on it episode one here steven uh richard we talked about how it kind of messy everything's going on in shr and how that whole base camp is kind of a question mark and i think gene haas is the same issue at f1 um but talking about being f1 political uh, it has to be because also richard today it was dropped after the 2024 season lewis hamilton is not resigning with mercedes-benz going to ferrari gonna change uh replace uh 
Leclerc in that other red Ferraris, Scuderi Ferraris. So that one's good. Also, oh yeah, it's confirmed. It's everywhere now. It, it's not even a story. It is confirmed. But how crazy is that? You have a seven-time world champion, won almost everything on wheels, almost every track, changing his team. This kind of reminds me of Kyle Busch going from JGR to RCR. I mean, it, it's a massively huge move. What could he want? To, what could he be possibly thinking? Being, he wants to accomplish with a kind of a third place team. IMSA. You know, that's funny you bring that up because it has been said that Lewis does want to run a lot of endurance races, wants to do some of that, but his contracts with Mercedes Benz won't let him. But he's moving to Ferrari, and Ferrari is huge in IMSA. Mercedes is, I mean, Mercedes has uh, well, some entrances, but maybe not, not as just big as Ferrari. Not not see not even just um, IMSA, but we have the World Endurance Championship. They their oh, yeah. lineup there is even bigger in in terms of GTP here in America. We have Acura, we have Porsche, Cadillac, and we have BMW over there. They have all four of those. But on top of that, they have Lamborghini, they have Toyota, Ferraris in there. In fact, Ferrari, I think Ferrari was the car that won overall yes. uh, Le Mans last year. Yes, they are. So one two actually. Yeah, could uh, that is a huge move. Uh, if not for just F1, but for the rest of it, it would be hilarious. I would love and I would watch every minute of that race to see Lewis Hamilton run the Le Mans 24 or the Rolex 24. That would just bring everyone just a, a magnet to that race. It'd be awesome to see. And, and you know, you're sitting there saying about Haas, you know, like the dumpster fire that is Haas over there in F1. But, I mean, look at Andretti. Andretti is a huge name in motorsports. Haas, I mean, ish. Andretti would bring a lot mm -hmm. personally. I feel Andretti would bring a lot to the F1 side and to bring mm -hmm. a GM manufacturer into it also. Like they could sit there and say they want to protect the championship or whatnot, but it's like you, you can't really say that after this year. You can't. You were dominated by one driver the entire season. You, you can't say you want to protect the championship. Like well, not after. just one driver, but one team. If it, with 75% of the races, if it wasn't Max winning it, it was Checo. So it's, 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 that's, I agree with that there. You, you want to create that mentality of anyone can win it, but that's just that politics on how it's structured. Everyone kind of looks at it separately. Everyone was a Lewis Hamilton fan. Now everyone's getting behind uh, the Max Verstappen bandwagon because he has that three championships in a year. So I think the way NASCAR does it, they want to create that, that strife, that drama. F1 is kind of built different. They want to have one person they can gravitate gravitate to and build around that, it seems like. At least the past 10, 15 years, that's just what it's felt like. And Ronnie, I know you were trying to say something. I didn't mean to cut you off earlier. No, you're good. I was going to piggyback off uh, him talking about Ferrari. Didn't they win one of the classes on the 24th this year? Uh, no, Ferrari, did they? Yes. I, I don't know which class it was. Uh, it had to have been GTD, because uh, GTD yes. Pro was Mercedes. Yes, I, th I believe that's correct. Mm -hmm. so, so, something yeah, to I, note. I, I think, I think um, Lewis Hamilton's move to Ferrari is, um, unless something, you know, he sees something in Ferrari that they're doing that nobody else knows, but also it could be a, I want to try other stuff with the IMSA and WEC in the GTP class or GT3s mm -hmm. or something of that nature. Try, you know, expand his discipline in racing to more than just F1. Because 
every motorsports driver out there wants that Rolex, wants mm-hmm. that Le Mans 24 win. Every single one out there. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you now, this is going to be a shock to all of you. I'm going to you know wrap this up part of my rant, but uh, I don't know if any of y'all know Connor Zilich. Dude, 17 years old. 17 oh my years God. old and one class in LMP2 at the Rolex 24 this year. 17 years old and has a Rolex watch from the 24 Hours of Daytona. And, and he's been running Miatas. In fact, I just watched him run the two Miata races at Daytona. And next thing I know, he's suiting up for LMP2 cars. He like, races Whoa. TA2. He Dude, races TA2 as well. He's absolutely he's, nuts. He races for Trackhouse. That that see seeing a kid like that put him in a, a cup car early on where he's still developing a lot of that skill that could be super frightening if that's what he wants to do though with if. winning with winning the Rolex twenty four at Daytona he's dude, his options are oh, unlimited at yeah if he just keeps his nose clean he can just pretty much pick a ride anywhere he wanted to go right now he's kind of at the top of his game and i know uh, i think last year he finished what in the top three in championship points and as only because he had a couple of bad races in the middle i think laguna Seca he had a rough one but something like that so he has he's already for a young kid built an impressive res- racing resume and gavin is in our uh, comments now and he asked y'all <laughs> If y'all saw, apparently there was a tweet or something on social media regarding um, uh, him getting his his Rolex sized. I, I don't know if y'all know anything about that. Getting it sized was it too small? Probably. Uh, <laughs> Adam Buzio also wanted to say he is also in our comments. Um, Gavin <laughs> hey, says Adam. the Rolex employees were like, "You got scammed," but they opened the box and it was there. Oh. Uh, that's not exactly what I was expecting, Gavin. Wait, <laughs> Don't really Did they know. Prank I'll have him? to look into it. I was trying to pull something up, but I couldn't find anything real quick. Oh, so he goes to the Rolex store. I'm pulling it up now. Uh, he got his new watch. Walked into the jewelry store with a big box, and the two employees working there said it was fake. Oh. <laughs> You're too young I... to have that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, how many people you meet have come with a Rolex with their uh, with the Rolex twenty four on it? It's like, yeah. and then you see a seventeen year old walk in with it. Yeah, you're <laughs> exactly. not gonna believe that's real. <laughs> oh man, there, I I know I forgot uh, one thing, but I guess before I get to that, is there any other like motorsport news, real life that y'all would like to to bring up or talk about? Uh, not really. It was kind of a quiet week, so very much so. But I did forget for next week's race, we did not pick our prediction uh, for the winners. So I'm glad I remembered this. Um, I was going to call you out on it. Well, I appreciate appreciate you waiting until the last moment. But (laughs) my uh, lapse in judgment finally caught up to me. So with that, Ronnie, we'll start with you since you're our guest. Um, Who is your winner for next week's race at Eldora? Um, I was going to go with Richard just because he's the dirt guy that you guys have been talking about. So um, just like I said, he's been helping out with setups and here and there. So I figured I'd go, uh, go ahead and pick Richard for uh, this week. That, that's that's the stolen pick face right there from <laughs> Stephen Borbell. <laughs> no, that's not a stolen uh, <laughs> pick. That's just, do you know what you've done to his ego now? <laughs> 
No, he shot it. I nope. Oh no. man, I am under pressure now. Great. <laughs> no, no problem, Richard. right? Yeah, no pressure at all. <laughs> well, I mean, Carl. I think Carl picked me last week, and I went in there with no practice, so I felt bad for him. <laughs> I mean, him. hey, you got second. Man, I didn't even know. I was like, Ronnie's fast everywhere. He's guaranteed got at least some laps here. Going to practice? Nope. I'm like, oh no, there we go. <laughs> it almost worked out. I blame. I blame. I who was? I think I blame. Uh, what was it? I can't remember who the last restart was, but you guys were all lined up on the inside. I knew I was screwed. There was no way I was going to go get the run. I knew as soon as it happened, I was like, you guys are going to have the hand out the window, and I'm just going to have to try to hold on for dear life. I will say yeah. I botched that restart. Um, I, I, was the, I was the lead of it, and uh, I tried to go too early, earlier than we've gone all night, and I was worried about spinning it coming off the corner from just full throttling it right off the go um so i told everyone go before i actually got on the gas um <laughs> carl how many times did you bitch about borabell messing up the restart uh there was at least two i, I think i know the one he was talking about but that, there was one you know i actually think steven i was behind you on that one you were talking about right now because like wait a minute why are we not going let's go i remember that one that was a different one i thought you were going to take me out um, when you were buying me, <laughs> I was really worried about you. But I can't say I wasn't tempted. Not gonna lie, I couldn't blame you. <laughs> so Richard, Ronnie has picked you as his uh, victor for next week. Who who is your pick? I'm about to say Jared Hughes. Uh, that guy has been really excited for Eldora. Um, you know, he's also one of our dirt guys from just speaking in general chat with the guy. And <coughs> hmm, excuse me. Don't know what that was. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in the practice session I was in before we hopped over here to the, the podcast, I mean, he had the fastest... Uh, <laughs> really? It's that Mountain Dew catching up to you. <laughs> I'm good. I'm not dying, I promise. But he had the fastest lap when I left. It was I was in there for about 30 to 40 minutes, and he was two-tenths faster than me. And just watching his line and seeing how smooth he was in the turns, he is going to be someone that's going to very potentially dominate next week. And I, I it'll be exciting to watch him to do it. So uh, my pick's going to be Jared Hughes. I like that pick. I do a lot. Carl? Um, You know what? I'm going to pick on Adam again. Uh, he put in a ton of work for Kern. Like, just an outrageous. And props to Adam. I know uh, he puts a lot of these practice sessions up out of his own pocket. But, man, he puts so many up to get everyone practice. And knowing Adam, he was at least maybe in or out of all of them. Uh, probably put laps in a lot of them. And he's probably in there right now or was earlier running laps at Eldora. So uh, I'm definitely going to give Adam a shout-out there and think he's going to take another one. Because seeing what he's done at Kern, um, you, you give him practice. He's he's up there too on that level. So uh, Adam will be my pick this week. Another very solid pick. Gavin says Adam or Steven. Um, no no <laughs> bias there, obviously. <laughs> but um, I think I've got to go with. I'll go Evan Patinko. Um, he hmm. I've I've seen him put in a lot of work each week. And he's consistently, um, if not the top five, consistently the top ten or right outside the top five. Um, and for some reason, I have a feeling that he he comes from a dirt background as well. Uh, I do think that is going to play a big factor um, into that. 
I Jared, I would say probably is my first pick besides, but uh, since I can't pick Jared, I'll, I'll go with Evan and, uh, and hopefully he can prove that I'm right. So that's that. Well, some pretty solid picks around there. Gavin, his real answer is Dustin. I, I would say I'm shocked nobody picked Gavin, but thank God Gavin's not going to be here next time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Ronnie is the most excited about all of that. Yes. Ron, I Ronnie think every Ron driver in the a... field is excited about that. Uh, I, I'm not thrilled. I mean, at the end of the I mean, day, Gavin's my friend. Gavin. He's yeah. my teammate yeah. uh, as well. Um, so anytime he's there, it, it really helps. Adam and I, I can say at least. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, he gives us his uh, his grip hacks. Uh, that's that's the only yeah, reason we we're up there. So I'll share exe. Yeah. No, no, it, we will miss Gavin next week. Um, but I mean, it's it's definitely going to be an interesting week next week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not a normal track Cup cars go to. There isn't a normal setup that we can use. So we, like I said, I'm going to sh- give him another shout out. Team Conti setup shop. Uh, I think they did a wonderful job with this setup. Um, giving us it's going to be a well-rounded setup for all the drivers in the league it's it's not it's not overly aggressive it's not you know too easy to drive i think it's that nice balance between all of it couldn't agree more and i'm excited for it and i know y'all are excited um first i'm gonna say gavin and adam please get out of the chat if y'all are just gonna be talking to each other Um, (laughs) that's that's not a good use of it so call y'all out real quick but if nothing else, we can wrap it up here. Last chance, forever hold your peace. No, I just got to say, Ronnie, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us tonight. You know, it was uh, wonderful to get to know you on a more personal level besides just racing every week and actually, you know, put a face to a name, put a voice to the, uh, to the name as well because we don't hear you you up very often so <laughs> but uh yeah thanks for thanks for joining us this week we look forward to having more and more of our drivers uh that we don't normally talk to or see um so and you were you were one of our first so thanks for joining us man yeah no, I, I appreciate it like i said i if you guys ever need somebody to fill in just hit me up and i'll let you know but uh, I, I had a good time like this is the first time i've ever really done anything like this so uh, a little nervous going in but i think uh, i think i did all right i think uh <laughs> We have no idea what we're doing weekend and weekend. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. We're just winging it for the most part and learning as we That's go. That's what podcasts are good for, man. It's just kind of winging it. Hope it works. Yeah. And, and, so and far everyone in the league seems to love it. So, yeah. I mean, we're doing something right. And, and Don't know what just, it is yet, but Richard we're doing something right. Of, like th- This podcast is for for the drivers in our league to uh, to give you all something to, to attach to and to be excited for and make you even push harder maybe even to get featured on it or whatever the case may be get get your name talked about so it's always great to uh, be able to have our drivers on here yeah we, but we definitely hope Narani, that like uh you become a namesake in brb you know we hope you stick mm-hmm. around you know in more seasons to come as well we love you know you've been really awesome to race with we're real awesome to watch on the broadcast as well so uh, we do hope you stick around hopefully it's not just a one and done mm-hmm. said that once um <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess the bad part about that with you saying it is uh, I'm I've been I'm I'm in like three leagues right now, and I'm trying to race all I can. But uh, in May, I actually have to take another break again. I'm actually going to go. The plan is to go back over the road driving, so I'm going to be taking a couple years off starting in May. So I would love to race some more, but yeah, but yeah. So, but once I get back, like I said, it's 
hopefully it's not too long. Just going to try to go um, pay some debt off, you know, get everything, get all my ducks in a line. And uh, hopefully once I get back and everything's good to go, hopefully I'll have a, a nice rig over there. I'll be able to update some stuff and then uh, have to relearn how to race again. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, that's my plan for now. And so, uh, yeah, like I said, it's just kind of like, ah, you know, like getting in here and race with everybody. And then, uh, you know, just knowing that like when May comes around, it's like, it's going to suck, but that's why I'm trying to get it all out of me. That way, when the time comes, I'm like, I'm, I don't want to race right now. I'm, I'm uh, sick of it at the moment. So, but you can't ever get too sick of racing. It's just no. it's in your blood and it's, it's going to be there. Definitely. Oh, yeah. And if, if that is the case, we do wish you the best of luck um, with any of your future real life endeavors. Obviously, real life stuff comes way before any sim racing. That's just an added uh, bonus that we are all blessed to have each week. Um, but at the end of the day, you'll always have a home in a spot available here. Uh, oh, yeah. and we'll I'm sure we'll all be in touch <laughs> regardless. <laughs> but um, with that, I wanted to thank everyone for joining us this week uh, for episode five of the Holler podcast with our guest Ronnie Norman this week. Um, just a reminder that a new episode of the Holler podcast can be found on Spotify and Apple podcast every Friday. Um, for up-to-date news and information on the Butt Kicker Cup series, please like our page on Facebook and visit www.brbracingleague.com. Um, be sure to share and like the podcast. I uh, wanted to give another quick shout-out to uh, Butt Kicker, Sundance Pizza, TriVista, Idealise, and SimRap Market for uh, this coming race sponsorship. Um, SimRap Market, down and dirty, 150. There you go. And... Uh, <laughs> Good luck to y'all, Richard, Carl, and Ronnie. Um, thank you all for, again, being here. And I know it's a time commitment each week. This this week is only two hours, so a little bit less than we've been used to recently. But um, nonetheless, thank you all very honestly. much. But uh, that will uh, conclude our, uh, our show, and we'll see you all Tuesday.